some of them. You're wasting all your time and money on models. Paint what you have. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Model Club TV, episode 74. How are you, Scott Johansson, on this lovely stormy afternoon, evening, here in the Chicagoland area? It's tired, like, people are running for cover in Berwyn, I heard. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. uh, kind of nasty up there. It wasn't yeah. too bad here. It went south and north of me, so. Yeah, it just kind of rained a little bit here, just a little bit ago. Well, so, I've got the force field. Have I discussed the force field? You have discussed the force okay. field. It, well, you know, God just doesn't hate you as much as me, so everything goes around your house. And because me. I'm not a Satan worshiper like you. Oh, okay. there we go. All anyway. right, we're back to normal. In focus. Yeah. Are you in a mood? What's going on? You all right? Something happened? Yeah, I'm not the one leaking. <laughs> not today. Not today, you're not. For those of you who follow along on the Discord, please join us over there. Here's Scott's stories of leakage. <laughs> It'd be awesome. Let me tell you something. Okay. I want to tell you something right now. They did a yeah. study. And they found out that diarrhea is hereditary. Oh, really? Yeah, it runs in your genes. All right, speaking of leaking. Oh, boy. that's Where'd you hear that joke anyway? Like, what? where did you get that? Facebook, of course. <laughs> All right. Uh, colonoscopy update. I got my results back. Polyp removed. No colon cancer. All good there. Although the echocardiogram came back with some minor leaky heart valves. So dying faster than I thought. So, but that's all right. We'll see. Here's what happened. <laughs> they put the tube up his ass. First of all, it took a week to get the smile off his face. Okay. And it True. got his heart going so fast. That he sprung a leak. Dude, there there was some pretty smoking nurses in there for the colonoscopy. And I was just like, what? This is not cool. And my parents drove me. I don't know if I told you this part. I think I did. My parents drove me. And for some reason, my dad was like, they both wanted to like hang out afterwards. And so as I'm coming to, apparently I said, the hot nurse was looking at my ass <laughs> in front of the nurses. And I was like, wait, what? Well, first, my mom said the hot nurse. You said the hot nurse was licking your ass. And I was like, hey, my dad goes, no, he said looking. And I was like, what? In front of all these people. So, yeah, whatever I said to those nurses, I apologize. And I didn't yeah. mean it. Um, hey, your mom likes all that ass licking. I'm just yeah. saying. <laughs> oh. Now we're on my mom because we just got off yours. Bam! Yeah, you have to go about six feet under to get off mine. <laughs> if that's Sorry. your thing, I got a shovel. I'm into that kind of stuff. You probably are. That's the sad, really sad <laughs> part of it. All right, we're done. We're going down the wrong path. All right, everybody, it's episode 74. Uh, please like and subscribe. We're getting closer to that magic number. Scott's out of focus every once in a while. We're not going to stop as much for that this time. Uh, please join us on the Discord. There is a link down below. Post your stuff there. Join us for Hobby Hangouts Saturday nights and whenever you feel like doing it. Uh, Redbubble yeah. and Spring it's Links scene, there, man. too. It's a scene. It is a scene. Uh, and Not that you know. You never go. No, because every Saturday for the next like month, I'm booked. Uh, but the most important thing right now is the head contest for the Worthling, the Mark Worthling head contest. Oh, I, I thought you were talking about the one of your moms did. All right, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well done. Well done. Uh, please get those in to me by 
July 30th. Email me those pictures uh, at Model Club TV. Let's get that email. Oh, the there. button's working now? The buttons are working. Things are unbroken this episode. Model Club TV at gmail.com. If you want to leave us a voicemail, it is 708-816-4299-708-816-4299. We only have one email this episode, and it'll bring us back to our discussion from last week, where evidently I didn't make some people very happy. So You didn't make any friends. Uh, well, nothing to do there. I don't need any friends. I'm good. <laughs> I got enough. Uh, but yeah, get those head contest pictures in. We're going to post them over on the Discord once the deadline hits. We'll have the Worthlings judge. We'll throw a, a, what did I do? You holding the joke? You holding the joke? Just keep it held for now so we can keep going. Uh, and then we'll have the Worthlings judge, and we'll have a slideshow on the, ne- on the first episode in August of everyone's. Oh, go ahead. Say the joke. Just let it out. Let it out. You know no, you I want can't. to. No, I can't. <laughs> all right. That's all the bookkeeping in the front. Your mom don't like when I take pictures. <laughs> what is happening today? Oh. All right. All right. Our first bit of. Uh... What are you drinking from there? What do you got going? I don't think I can show, actually. It might piss me off. What? what is it? I grabbed the wrong mug. Oh. Well, I thought I'll it was people... box. I'm drinking tea, my black tea. Look at that. Black is okay. my heart. Oh, okay. Who's on there? I can't show you. Why? I can't. I've show seen you. it like three times. I don't, I can't recognize who it is. I thought it was Michael J. Fox. All right, I'll put this up. Well, but oh. We have a. It's breaking the political rule. I can't. Just show it, like you never do. Oh, it's uh, what's his name? Yeah, we, we can't say his name. Okay. Anyway, um. I thought it was Michael J. Fox. Looks like Michael J. Fox. <laughs> I was going to ask if it was a self-stirring cup. Oh, my God. Dude. <laughs> what the heck is going on with you? My grandma died from Parkinson's. It's my biggest fear. Like, that. that's what I'm going to end up with. I don't want Parkinson's. Don't your paint jobs look like you got Parkinson's. <laughs> What's going on today? All right. Let's bring us down. Uh, hey, let's depress the said, shit. Wait. Wait. Let's get <laughs> right. You said it was going to be a show and... I'm giving it to you. Oh, okay. I got to show you my new hat. I got a new sh- a new hat that says "Welcome to the Shit oh. Show." I'll put it on next time. Um, let's yeah. let's bring it down because we got some bad news. We'll get the the horrible bad stuff right off the bat uh, out of the way. We'll do that first. So take it away, Scott. Last week we got the news that our one time guest and um, longtime friend of mine and friend of the show and contributor, a big um, contributor Bill- in the beginning there. Phil Kupka um, lost his battle with cancer and passed away peacefully at home. Uh, There was a service Sunday, and it happened just right after we filmed the last episode. So we couldn't... Like, I think we got the phone call that night? The next day or Or two days after. Because you had finished editing. Yeah, that's what I was editing. I just finished editing. So, you know, we've covered Phil before. And we've covered his history in the hobby and, you know, what he did for Geometric and, you know, just all around good guy, really. Um, yeah. Good organizer out there in the Northwest. Started the uh, little group they have now out the there. The Swamp Meat. Guys, the Swamp Meat. And um, 
you know, I mean, I, it got to a point where we knew it was coming. Yeah. And, you know, we didn't really want to say that. We knew. We kind of hinted. I'm sure everybody figured it out. But, yeah, there's not a lot to say other than, um, you know, we, we lost another, you know, guy in the hobby. But more important, condolences to his wife, Diane, and his son and his daughter and grandkids and family. Yeah. Um, and, in, you know, the extended family out there and the modeling buddies out there, you know, it, it's, it's a big loss. Yeah. Uh, it's hard. Uh, again, we, we, how many times is this now with the show? It's one of those things I didn't expect to like cover when we decided to do this was have to do this kind of news. Never crossed my mind that this would be part of it. And it has now happened quite frequently in the last couple of years. And it's just going to, as time marches on, it's going to keep happening. But I think we just, you know. Oh, and there's people we probably, I think, haven't mentioned as well that have passed. So it's. Yeah. And I just got know, some and, news from another listener today. So, or yesterday, but I'm going to leave that private for now. So everybody right. take care of yourself. Hang in there. It, it's, and, and I lost a long time. Uh, work um, co-worker that was retired also but we'd all get together and he was part of our get together group and um, he passed and his wife passed five days later Man. so it's like this was all like within a, you know a few days of hearing about Phil so and then like I think after the day after Phil my cousin died of cancer so it's just yeah. been so old stuff. Yeah, it sucks. When you bitch about getting old, I can just simply say, and, and then especially from my own experiences, hey, be glad you're getting old because it beats the alternative. So it's um, yeah, it's you're not getting. But again, old. our condolences to Phil's uh, wife Diane, and, and, and the the uh, you know their the family. garage kit community in general. Like yeah. for some people, it's a big loss, and oh. especially West Coast people. Phil had a long history. As a matter of fact, yeah. I'll put a picture up here, but um, Phil was at the very first Wonderfest. There's a picture of him with um, Mike Parks, who's no longer here. And uh, I think Terry Webb's in the picture and Phil's in the picture. So it's, and Phil's son was just a little guy at that point. And a lot of those guys all look so young. There's a few of them I recognize, a few of them I don't. Larry Johnson's in the photo, but um forgot to put it in our slideshow, but I'll get it to you. So Yeah, okay. And if people who are just, you know, started watching the show, go back. I'll put up the link to the episode in the description below where I think Phil was our first guest on the show. Like one of the first, like he, he if was not, early. it was either yeah. Neil or Phil, one of the two. Like one, mm -hmm. like right there in the beginning. So I'll put a link up to that episode if you want to check out what Phil was all about. Yeah. He at before he got sick would leave us amazing emails every time, and you know, it's it sucks. So we're gonna. I, I Phil would want us to keep going, and we're going to. It just it's hard to make these kind of transitions when we're trying to have a good time and then have a serious conversation like this. So I I don't know. We'll miss you, Phil. We'll miss you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we already have. We already have missed him. Yep. We have. I honestly, we have because we haven't got those emails. And it was one of the cool things about doing the show was hearing from him every week. And it, it just, it stopped. And I'm like, 
At first I thought it was weird, and then it just kind of that made sense what was going on. So And right up here for me to look at every day is this little 3D printed it that you sent Phil. Mm-hmm. Because he was a and I had said, Oh, I want to get an it. So he sent me this and said, Hey, I'm sending you this. Will you print me two more and send them back? So I did. I yeah. printed them two more and sent them back. So um I look at this every day. It was a nice gift from Phil. I also, when I had my first cancer operation, and I don't know why I did this, Phil had sent me a set of Universal Monster cards, Topps cards from the 90s. And they were in a plastic case. He thought, I thought you'd enjoy these, you know. And he wrote the letter on a piece of stationery that was homemade, and it had the old, like, black and white line art from the Aurora catalogs. It was, like, the border and stuff, you know. And... For some reason, when he sent this, I said, I need to save this. And I did. So I still have it. Cool. And uh, so I'm glad I, I saved it. But yeah. um, Phil was very thoughtful that way. And one of the last transactions we had is I printed a Top Cat kit for him. Because Top Cat was his wife Diane's favorite cartoon. And he built and painted it and gave it to her for their anniversary. So, um, you know, there's, there's that as well. But, um, yeah, you know, so I get a lot of Phil stories and, you know, um, again, it's, yeah, let's stop doing this. Take care of yourselves, folks. Like yeah. I should talk. <laughs> like, like fat ass and leaky valves should talk. But, uh, you know, here we go. Got a bad pumper. Uh, all right. So we're going to leave that there. We're going to move on like things are normal, even though they're not. But our guest this episode is Dan Garden. Of sci-fi models and stuff. So some great stuff in that interview coming up towards the middle of the episode. We promise we will not have an epic <laughs> uh, Charlton Heston giant long biblical story here for you this episode. We're going to try and keep it short. But you never know. It might get out of hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, though, we had a good uh, reaction to I, uh, I think so. our last episode. Even though it was long. Yes. Uh, we had a lot of views on that episode. I think Jesse stirred up some uh, views. Yeah. Well, your comments did too. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get Maybe I'll that. make more. I, see what happens when I speak my mind. And I jam it down. Uh, all right. So the next thing is a huge thing. It's been in the works for a while. We've kind of teased it on and off. It is the model club TV model kit. And here it is. We showed, we showed some pictures before, but it is done. It is ready to go. Uh, we want to thank Well Winner for sculpting this out of the goodness out of, of his heart. Uh, well, thank you. I, I, I mean that sincerely. Uh, Good, goodness of his heart, shit. I had to send him some stuff, but that's <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He yeah. did. So I, it's I, hot off the printer as of like five minutes before I pressed record. I did the last part. We had a small issue with one part and well fixed it. And I had to wait today and now things are kind of falling apart as I try to go hold it up. So in order to get this, I want to show everybody first. And I took the glasses off of Scott, but here it is. Dun, dun, dun. This is the size that comes off out of the slicer. Bam. It matches the t-shirt model club TV has our names on there. And there's the kit. Now we'll probably be offering it a little bigger, but what? this is going to be the what? standard. Why do you size. keep showing yours? Your side, not me. I'm showing you. Barely. What are you talking about? 
That's a handsome right. fucking guy, right? And there. I took Scott's yeah. glasses off because they kept they kept falling off. Now, Scott, I want you to ask well at some point because this sword looks strikingly similar to Sting, which is a sword from Lord of the Rings, even though it's pretty big, uh, or Glamdring maybe. So perhaps he gave you a Lord of the Rings sword. Might want to check on that. Uh, but here's no, how you can... a, uh, you know what that is. What is it? Let's just call it a prehistoric killer. <laughs> Nice. Nice. So there's some add-on pieces. There's a Viking helmet for Scott, a wizard hat for me. You can see those in these pictures here. Um, but here's how you get it. It's going to be free. Uh, there will be a link. The STL is going to be free. The STL will be free. So if you want to, this is kind of what we wanted since, you know, we really well did this for us. Uh, we're not making turn. This is not a money-making thing for us. If you want to learn how to 3D print, it is going to be available in the description below this video to a link to a Google drive and you'll be able to download all the files for yourself and print it. Okay. If you need me or Scott to print it, it'll be like 20 bucks. I think when I was kind of going through, don't hold me to that. It's like $20. I think to print this little thing. If we end up, we haven't done a bigger one yet, so we're not sure on that sort of thing, but the standard one, I think will be 20 bucks plus shipping is kind of how it is. It'll kind of cover everything, but it, dude, I love it. It turned out so good. Get you a little closer there. Where's my the glasses keep falling off? But there's Scott. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Thank you, well, and thank you everybody who uh, kind of gave the idea that we should do this. There are some people in there involved, and then I'll. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you something. If I see one of these in the Wonderfest contest next year, oh, that'd be I'm awesome. done. Well, I'm done. I was thinking after this Mark's Head contest, we might have our own little contest with just, just this. So. We'll get into that. Also, I'm going to make this available over on my mini factory and I think cults and CG trader for free as kind of like a promo item. So if you don't want to download it from our link, eventually it will be there. But in the beginning, you're just going to have to get it through the show links or, or I'll have a link on discord, but the model club TV kit is here. And I, how crazy is that dude? I never thought in a million years there'd be little you's and me's. So. There so, we go. I want to tell people what happened today. All right, go ahead. You can put the picture up here. So Jason prints the whole thing. <laughs> and the arm holding the mug, okay, comes out big. All right. I mean, like, <laughs> there yeah. it is. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Comes out as big as the whole figure. <laughs> okay. So, and I hadn't noticed. I was like, wait, what? So, so we got a hold of well and he fixed it right away. But, and I told Jason about this, what it reminded me of, for those of you that watch King of Queens, there was an episode where the one couple gave uh, Carrie and Doug as a gift, kind of a revenge gift, a portrait they had done of them. And her arm was like coming around the front and it was like <laughs> twice the size of that it should have been with a big man hand. Okay. If I can find an image, maybe we'll put it up here. Okay. So as soon as I saw that, that's what this reminded me of. Very so cool. It's, yeah. Check the link down below to download the files uh, and print away and then send us pictures of your finished kits. We may have a painting contest at some point. So keep that in mind. And there we're moving go. on. All right. Our next slide I added. So you Yeah, what is what this? Is. So I keep seeing I use Elegoo standard um, resin 
Okay. It, mm-hmm. it works for me. Jason doesn't like it. A lot of people like I've been using Sunlu and I'm loving it. Sunlu. So, I mean, there's different brands. So there's no right or wrong. Yeah. Okay. But Elegoo has come out with a version two standard gray resin. And I've asked on their site a hundred times, what's the difference? And no one can answer. So I contacted customer service and I was given the following. Um, Reduce shrinkage. Okay. Uh, Which means you can take it in the pool. Uh, (laughs) Easier to clean, improved accuracy, lower odor. So I may try some. I may try it too because the lower odor, the odor is the big thing for me with Elegoo is it stinks too much Mm -hmm. for me. So um, for those of you that have wondered, here's an answer. Cool. Directly from customer service. So um, I just wanted to put this in here so I didn't forget it. But So I'll try it. All right. We have, we have a giveaway. We have a giveaway, Scott. We haven't a giveaway in a while, have we? No, it's been a little bit. And right now, the prize closet is packed. We have a ton of stuff to give away. So as of right now, everybody hold off on sending anything until we get all this stuff out the door. The first one we're going to do is from Paul Gill of Gilman Productions. Buttons are working today, so I'm going to pull that up. Uh, links, friends. Paul Gill of Gilman Productions. Thank you very much. And so this is sculpted by, let me get this back, sculpted by Michael White, and it says Alien Bus. Okay, That's mine. This is the one we're giving away. So I had purchased one as well. So I have two aliens right here. This is the one we're going to be giving away. It comes with the base, and it is a great little alien bust. I think lends itself to many painting possibilities. There is absolutely zero cleanup on this. It's glue it to the peg and you are ready to go. Uh, I really like this as an alien bust. It, I like the way that he sculpted the angles in the face. And I really like the expression. It's just kind of no expression, which makes it a little scarier and maybe even a little angry with that downturned mouth, but great little alien bust total painters piece. How do we want to give this away? Scott, how about aliens are real in the comments? Okay. Aliens are real. And then I'll put you in the, in the drawing and, and I think, do we want to, uh, do we have any restrictions? It's been a while. Nah, it's been a while. Yeah. Everybody we're starting over. If you've won something recently, you're back in. Everybody can get in for the giveaway from Gilman Productions, sculpted by Michael White. Beautiful little alien bust. Great, great, great painter's piece. So no cleanup, ready to go. And you'll be getting the gray one. All right. Next. Take it away, Why Scott. Why don't you want the gray one? What? Why don't you want the gray one? I want the flesh colored one. I'm going to try something. Okay. All right. I just wonder. Before we go into these next two, um, it's brought to my attention that there is what I want to call one of these Chinese ripoff sites. Um, so we're going to get flagged uh, for that. Watch. I don't care. Anyway, I don't either. They're, but they're selling um, David Stan's Frankenstein bust. Painted. But here's the thing: Are they selling it or just well, using that, his? No, image? they're not. There's no. Okay. Well, so I'm going to tell a story. Go ahead. Um, so uh, David's Frankenstein bust for was it twenty nine ninety nine? Thirty nine. Thirty nine ninety nine. Whatever it is, painted. 
for $39.99. Use his name, okay? Use his images on their ad, okay? Don't fall for this, okay? Yeah. And let me tell you why. Not last Christmas, Christmas before. Hallmark came out with this beauty. Okay, wait, this is fun too. I love this one. <laughs> the battery dead. Makes for some fascinating television. <laughs> That is very cool. Okay, so anyway, so I saw that thing, and Hallmark was selling them for like, they were 59 bucks or whatever, and you couldn't get one. You couldn't touch one. So they started going to eBay, shot up to 100 right away, and I'm like, I'm not paying 100 It just came out. Fuck that. Okay. So I held out, I held out, I held out. Well, one of those ads came across my feed, because of course it fed into my... Uh, algorithm and it looked like you know it looked legit they showed this very same one i said i'm going to try it just for the hell of it so i sent 40 bucks and said oh it ships in two weeks and blah 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 so obviously it never shipped in two weeks and i filed a paypal paypal claim and i got my money back so Long story short, I ended up paying almost two hundred for one at the time, or one seventy five, because my cheap ass didn't want to pay a hundred. So, <laughs> but I, you know, I'll pay them. So anyway, so I do have. Them. All of a sudden, one day in the mail comes this DHL envelope from China. Okay, it's got a box with cheap styrofoam. You open it up. I think I have pictures somewhere. If I do, I'll send them. You know, post them. And it's this solid cast in resin. It must have weighed 10 pounds. <laughs> crappily painted. No device. No nothing. Okay. So, again, don't fall for those scams. Um, if it looks too good to be true, the it old probably saying, is. It probably is. So, there you go. So, to highlight, so, Stan Arts. So, Stan Arts... Um, I did talk to Laura Stan about it because there was another issue going on, but I think her and I are in agreement on it. But David is starting to get the painted Elsa's out, just so everyone knows. And again, please buy from these people because they're awesome. And I've only communicated with her on the phone prior to speaking to her Sunday. I can simply say she is just as nice on the phone. As she is to deal with. I, I mean, she is everything. They are everything that is right about the Garage Kid hobby. Yep, absolutely. So, so anyway, what we have here is uh, Tim Casey. Um, painted Dave's lab. Stan Art lab. Along with uh, some John Tucky kits. And a Matthew Lawrence um, nameplate. And it looks like on the left side, some added stuff as well. Um. Great diorama. Really, really oh, well done. It's beautiful. And what's what what people don't know is what he did there on the side. I think is this thing in the movie when he was listening to see what the lightning storm was gonna be. And he you know, it's gonna be fabulous. And you know, so um 
anyway, uh, four great Jaeger pieces there. I think they've all been re-released now. I'm not sure. I think they all have been. And um, again, a beautiful paint job on David's base. I don't know if that's David's. I don't think that's David's floor and wall. I think Tim did that himself. But yeah. um, no, it's gorgeous. Simply then, gorgeous. We're going to show David's. Um, this ride kills here me as well. <laughs> it's beautiful. The eyes on that job. are nuts. They're nuts. This is his paint job. Okay. And I'm going to tell you for anybody that wants to buy anything painted by him that they offer. Okay. You're getting a deal. I'm just going to tell you right now, you're getting a deal. And I may have ruined it for some of you because I basically told her <laughs> he's painting for way too cheap. Okay. So get in get before he air. changes his mind. Get in before he changes his mind. Isn't this is a beautiful sculpt. I should own it. I don't know why I don't own it. I don't know why. I, I just, you know, how many more kits do I need? And it's a good size kit, but it is beautiful. I love it. Great people. Check them out. I think they're on Etsy. I think they have a website as well. Yep. Do they have all, all links down below for standard? Okay. All links down below. There's talk. I guess a lot of people have asked him to make this into a bust. And he's very reluctant because. The dress is beautiful, the way it drapes down and everything. Okay. But I may have helped nudge that a little <laughs> bit too because I said, I think that's a great idea. I've said it many times. Make the most of your sculpts. Okay. And if you can make a bust out of it. Yeah. Man, work. I, I think a simple just V bust, like a V neck kind of thing on here would be great. It might be one of the. Oh, best I think you could leave ever. the arms too, though. I think yeah. you could go as, as low. as Oh, you want to do that? Okay, you could. Yeah. So, but it's it's a beautiful piece. Yeah, it really is. All right, let's get into regular news and reviews. Make your noise, Scott. Thank you. All right, I'm gonna let you take most of these. Danny Sirocco is back with some new stuff for dimensional designs. And first up, what do we have, Scott? So first off, I guess we have the monster. In the sulfur, uh, coming out the sulfur, right? Coming out of the sulfur comes with two heads. It's the monster coming out of the sulfur pit after in uh, Ghost of Frankenstein. No, I thought he well, coming out in Ghost of Frankenstein, yes, yes. This is when the the son of Frankenstein he falls in the sulfur at the end, right? right. Okay, but the sulfur kept him alive, you know, and changed his face for every other thing on the planet, but yeah, it's deadly for every other thing on the planet, but this apparently but the monster of course because the monster never died let's let's be honest the monster never died no it's a great piece very simple well done fun this is cool nice concept uh again something never been done before i was just gonna say i don't think i've ever seen it done before so which moves on to the next one which is lon cheney jr from ghost of frankenstein and now this is one of two ways you can get this kit Okay, so sculpted by Gabriel Garcia, because you didn't have the information, but I went and got it, like always. And you can buy this kit, and this is um, kind of reminiscent, I guess, of the end scene where he's like, I'm Ruach, I've ruled the world, you know, when when the monster was talking with Lugosi's voice, it was silly. So, um, yeah, that's a ghost of Frankenstein. 
And then if you want the deluxe, the deluxe comes with different hands. Um, when the monster was chained to the chair and he broke out, and the uh, other Dr. Frankenstein, the brother, Ludwig Frankenstein, uh, was in the courtroom and came and stood over him, and the monster held the chains over him and, like, recognized him. You know, this was, again, after Son of Frankenstein, they started to get a little crazy. But anyway, the likeness here on the Ludwig is, is great, yeah. I think. And uh, so this is a two-figure kit, also available from Danny. And um, he had these all at Wonderfest. Everything. Yeah, great. I didn't get to see him in person, great. but um, you did. And uh, but yeah, they're cool. They're really cool. And then the last one is Son of Dracula, Count Aculard, which is Dracula backwards for those mm -hmm. of you that. This is sculpted by Sean Sansom. It's a great lightness and, too. And, um, again, yes, it's another um, nice piece. And uh, you don't I, see I, many of these, do you? Like, I don't. No. A matter of fact, and I'm not sure. I'd have to check. I I'd have to double check. Someone can probably trotch or somebody uh, could probably correct us. I don't think John Tucky even ever did a Cheney Jr. as uh, as Dracula. Dracula. And I got to tell you, it's, you know, a lot of these sequels and stuff were kind of silly. This one actually wasn't horrible. I no. mean, there were some things you didn't quite understand. You know, there were things that were hokey about it, sure. Okay. But this one actually, if you haven't seen it in a while, really wasn't bad. No, really wasn't. It's bad. not Svengali. I think Svengali does it almost like once a year. Does everything once a year. I that's think. true. I think so. I don't know, right now they're in a movie kick that like I haven't seen anything that's even remotely that I want to watch. So yeah. But no, this is really I and it's great to see Danny doing stuff like this again. Danny, we want you on the show. Danny we is want a great you storyteller. Here. Um Yeah, and, and for those of you that don't know Danny, he's got a great story. First of all, and, and I'll I'll give it to everyone just quick, and if Danny ever comes on, he can tell the and, whole story. Uh, what? You we can't, can't tell put the in, story? We're not telling the story. Why? We're going to let him tell his story. <laughs> okay. We're not telling Anyway, the Rocco gets booted off the plane. <laughs> has to wait five hours for the next plane. I'm cutting it. <laughs> There's no next up. Well, winner. We're well, just talking winner. about him, and here we have it some more again. So, um, the first few are some works in progress. And I think they're for his Patreon as well. And the first one is, um, do you know? Tarzan. Tarzan, yes. Yep. And if you're a fan of this movie, this is an awesome piece. Um, man, I don't know that I'd want to print it, but because um, that that tree, that wave tree thing would, would uh, that should be all right. Angle it. be crazy. But yeah, you just have to break it into pieces. But, no, yeah, that's so, a cool piece. One thing about Wells stuff, just so everyone knows, it usually fits together really well unless I, the arm's too big or whatever. But and if it doesn't, he fixes it. So just taking these, everything slotted together perfectly. Perfectly. Mm -hmm. The next one is a 90% done next banana split snorky. Okay. 
Now, if people look at this and say this isn't the Snorky they remember, there were two Snorkies. So there was a different Snorky costume for seasons two and three, I think. This is the season one costume. Okay. That I always liked better than the other one, and that's why I told them to do this one. But uh, Uh-oh, he, people he was... are going to be mad at you. Hey, you know what? If you want the other one, let us know, and uh, maybe he'll do the other one. I, I don't know. Okay, don't this know. next thing, is this Gary Coleman? Yes. So this next thing is Gary Coleman. So I guess there was a Gary Coleman cartoon. He told me today that it was really big down there. Okay. That the Gary Coleman show was really big down there. So, yes, this is a Gary Coleman thing, tribute thing that he's got coming. Wow. And, uh... Yeah. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> and the next, next one, up? I think you know that. I think this is a little Thelma, little Thelma from the Scooby Little Scooby Doo series, named Scooby Doo, and a Daphne, and a Daphne. Um, Daphne looks like it's done, so it's going to be available soon. I think. Okay. If it isn't already. Okay. And, and I think his his big one this time. The genie. I love the genie. Um, yeah. This is from the beginning sequence. And uh, I love it. I love yeah. it. As a matter of fact, I think I bought it. So if I didn't, I will. But And then what's this sneak peek? Really great. So the sneak peek. So notice Jason says, what's this sneak peek? <laughs> All right. I'm going to leave it right here. Okay. I'm just curious. Who can guess? And we'll see in the comments. And if no one, and I'll I'll tell you guys next week who that is. But okay, um, we'll guess. I'll tell you off camera afterwards. Okay, there we go. Hope no, all right. (laughs) So, all right, the worthlings. Wait, let me get the buttons ready. Pestilence Labs, Pestilence Labs, buttons are working today. Buttons are working, everybody. Pestilence is very close to release getting this. Uh, he's got castings coming very soon of this beauty that, um. He purchased um, from another producer and took a while for him to get it out, but it's finally out. I remember when the other producer had this. Yep. Um, you and I both commented how this was really nice, had that lean forward kind of yep. thing going on. And uh, well, lo and behold, what have we here? Uh-oh. Okay. How did what you get one? here? we have here is get this bad boy how how did you get one early i got because i'm model club tv <laughs> okay. that's right you're model club <laughs> so anyway look at the detail on the hands huh yeah those are nice beautiful aren't they get in close on the face let's see that up close i don't know i get the other end okay we got that she doing the shocker? Is that a shocker? No. And again, everything fits beautifully. Beautifully casted, by the way. By um, look at that, look at the hair. Yeah. And beautifully cast, by the way, um, by Brad Worley. Uh, Worley Bird. And then here's the base. Okay, so fantastic. So I got this today. Just unwrapped. Nice. And I unwrapped it. I just unwrapped it before we came on. 
And um what I'm gonna do, even though it might get dark, let's see. Is I'm gonna turn my camera here just so everyone can kind of see. There she is. Yeah. Put your hand yeah. right there so people get a scale size. There you go. Okay. Yeah, and I gotta tell you, if this is this is bigger than one six. This is uh let's see. On the base, she's twelve and a half inches tall. Okay. Yeah, so a little bigger. She would have been shorter. Depends on the bodies they robbed. Yeah. But um <laughs> beautiful kit from Pestone's Labs. It's coming. Get a hold of them for the price. I forgot what he's trying to sell. You know, I don't <sighs> Jeff Yeager sculpt, again, another beauty. It came today. And when I opened it, I was like, wow, this is just beautifully cast. I love kits like this. Like you just said on Paul's kit. Ready to build right out of the box. Yeah. There's nothing to do. There, there's really, there's literally nothing to do. Another great kit from Pestilence Labs. Well done, guys. Pestilence Labs. I got number one because I'm special. Okay. It's been why do they give them like this ammo? Like, why do people continue to give you this ability to say, I'm number one, I'm number one, over and over? Sometimes people need to know it because you know why? I'll tell you why. Because I forget. You do forget. Okay. You and I need to be reminded. I, yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Without me, this shows nothing. <laughs> so anyway, great job by Jeff Yeager. Great job by Brad Worley. Great job by Mark Worthling and Shannon Worthling. For, for bringing uh, it back. Bringing it back. Well, or for bringing it from the dead, basically. Yeah. There's a long story there, but it's <laughs> it's here. And, um, you know, two beautiful Bride of Frankenstein kits in one um, yeah. episode. And, and I, they're both different, and they're both awesome. Yeah, so. agreed. Uh, next up, we have from Paul Gill and Gilman Productions. We have Windows is the name of this kit. And it is in the series of the thing. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's a movie, isn't it? Yeah, but I don't. You know, Paul gets weird about his words. So windows here. We have the creature eating that dude <laughs> fits right in with the rest of them. Another Jeff Yeager sculpt. Well done. Beautifully done. I, like this is going to sell like hot, hot cakes for him. I'm sure. And go right along with the rest of those with everybody else. Great stuff. Great stuff. Yeah. I like that Paul does. And, and again, it's, I haven't seen this movie, so I get a lot of shit about it. But I love that Paul likes to do, um, like he did with the Blade Runner series, um, the supporting characters as well. Yeah. Not just a yep. person, you know, uh, the supporting characters. And sometimes I guess that would work, sometimes not. But in this case, for sure. Yeah. No, it totally um, works. It is an ensemble cast. The cast of that whole movie matters. And I think the fact that he's doing everybody is a great great idea so well done paul and jeff next up from paul is the ancient one sculpted by jesse rubin and this actually looks bigger in person because i have to put a picture up of there it is there's the back there's fingers holding the, the bat on the back but i have one where you can tell uh, it's bigger than you think it is um this is a nice vampire bust again pure painter's piece and if I know Paul's casting, it's going to come ready to go. Just plug it into that base and you're going to be ready to paint. So there's tons of ways you could do this. You could do a dead, old, 
kind of more normal skin tones do cool effects with the eyes like the veining you could go wild on that too so great piece the ancient one from gilman i, I like this base yeah it is a cool base like a it's like a tomb door Little right? mausoleum yep but yet no when you look at it from the side it looks like a coffin oh yeah it does like it's got a handle there or is that a window it, it might be a no ring? it's a window yeah is it, a, it is a okay window. but it does have a coffin shape kind of doesn't it it does it does. So that's why when I looked at it, again, I'm looking at a smaller picture. Don't kill me, Paul. <laughs> no, I really like this piece. But, that's you know, great. he showed me this the other day, and I was like, I said, is that Jason Walker? <laughs> no, actually, what I did ask him is, is that another movie I haven't seen? So. <laughs> Probably. So we have that. And then, finally, sculpted by Michael White, Garidian is the new in his uh, uh, fantasy space movie series of the kind of more ancillary characters. And I think from the very first one, this was, I think a lot of people's favorite character who never, you never really saw again. And it was just very fleeting, really strange costume. The way it spoke was very memorable, but if you know what you're looking at here, you know what it is. And I think stitches get stitches. Yeah. And it fits perfectly in with the other things he's done in this series as well. And I can't wait for this to come out. So. Love this it. is a really nice love piece. It. Yep. And I, he, th- we showed this a while ago, but I think it's finally ready. It's getting there. So. Whew. That's a lot. That's a lot of stuff. Uh, did you get anything else in the mail? Yes, I did. Oh, yeah, I totally forgot. So again, my secret admirer. Bill Wilson. From Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Did you get more stuff? Yes. <laughs> and we got a Bigfoot sticker in the back, believe. And those of you that watch our Discord will understand. <laughs> You're going to put that on the inside of your bathroom door? Are you pushing every time? My wife would kill me. Oh, I'm going to do that. Thanks for And don't tell her. Just have it there so she can see it. No, I'm going to wait until we have a party. I'm going to stick it on the back of the door. All right. I got two things in the mail I want to talk about. Well, not kind of. I got one at at Wonderfest, and I picked up the second one with my pre-order. So it's the X Plus Gamera 1999. Uh, I just did a video. It'll be going live. It'll be up by the time this is up. Uh, Just an unboxing of this. And... I bought two of these thinking there was an alternate build. I was wrong. I think that's going to be like a different edition of the kit. Cause I saw pictures where the arm was cut and it was green and gooey. Those pieces aren't in here. So don't make the mistake that I did. It's only just the straight camera that's in this kit. Um, the, and if you watch my video, the, the shell, like the little bits of the shell, like the tech, like the links, the scales links, are all separate pieces. So it's not just one piece for the shell. You have to puzzle piece each, every little like kind of link into there. So I could show you real quick. So the shell comes like, like this with all those pieces off and they're all numbered and you have to plug them in to make the shell look like it's supposed to have fun with that. So <laughs> when I saw it, I was like, Oh no, that's a lot of work, but that's cool. The only problem that, and I said this in my unboxing too, it is very small. It is a, it's only, it's one seven hundred scale, so it's only about like this big when it's done. It's pretty, it's pretty tiny, but it well, is a, not too many turtles bigger than that. Yeah, I know. It actually, it is a life size turtle almost. 
but box art's fantastic. Great little piece. So I have an extra one now. See what happens. Uh, this came this came the day before Wonderfest. The Guanji from Star Wars. What, what the Guanji? I got the Guanji. And this is just as they good as the other for ones. That. They got a shot for that. <laughs> you what? They got a shot for that. If you've got the Guanji, you got the Guanji, they got a shot oh, for that. I think I got that shot already. Uh, there's the head. And I, I have a video in progress. This will be up as well. By the time this video goes live, the Guanji unboxing will be up there too. So I got that. Really cool, just as good as the rest of the other ones that came out. Can't complain. I love the Star Ace stuff. I think that's it for news and reviews. Uh, All right, workbench. Got anything for workbench, Scott? You have nothing for the workbench? No. I have one thing, but I got to go get it from the other room. Uh, But I do have this. I bought. it's not really, it's kind of fits into news and reviews, but workbench about the new transparent cover colors from pro Acryl. haven't had a chance to try them yet. Uh, so that's exciting a little bit. And then I, Paul, uh, not Paul, Chuck Amoka sent me a thing on the UV putty from green stuff world. And I tried to get it at a place I was at and they didn't have it in stock. So I'm going to try and order some and show it on the show, but it's a putty that you cure with UV light with the UV flashlight. Wow. And it was like the stuff they were doing with it was really cool. There's a video I'll link down below from green stuff world's website or YouTube channel. And you can do like water effects with it to make like the ripples in the water. Like it's a clear putty and you can seam kits with it. And yeah, like he thought you might be able to fill holes with it uh, for the uh, resin prints for the drain holes and things. So I'll get some and give it a try. Uh, I did get this yesterday in the mail it's one of my amazon purchases for the week uh, i've been using this plastic putty from vallejo on and off for certain things and it comes in a tube with a really skinny nozzle and it clogs Does up it come in a bottle too though does it come two ways or so i didn't know it came in the bottle i thought it only came in this and it kept like clogging on me and all this stuff and when i squeeze it it squeezes out the bottom of the metal tube and then I saw it comes in a dropper bottle <laughs> yesterday. So I ordered two bottles of the dropper bottle version so that I don't have problems with the clog anymore. Uh, I'm going to go grab the other thing and I'll be right. And I'll sit here and twiddle my thumb. So a couple episodes I mentioned, or no, I think it was last episode. I mentioned the Vallejo spray can thinking it was a good Godzilla color, maybe, which was like a, it's called bronze green. And mm-hmm. so I sprayed my Godzilla bust with it. This is from Gambody, and I printed it on the Jupiter in many pieces, and the, the base is done in FDM. So this, it's hard to see because of the shadows and stuff, but I don't think it's a good Godzilla color. It's a little too green in the right light. I think it needs to be a little more gray. I think it's a great, maybe just plain, if you're trying to base coat something fast and go over it, I think it kind of works well for that, but I'm not sure of it as a base Godzilla color. It's a little too green for me. but. It's great. I love the way those colors drive. That's a big piece. Isn't that cool? My little boy. My little baby. Now, do you find painting something like that easier? No. It's about the same. Yeah, I love this. It's cool. This is from Godzilla's singular point. Oh, and you're leaving all the holes in the back, huh? Well, no. I planned for this. Well, when I was printing this, I was very dumb. 
And I was like, oh, that's the flat part. You're never going to see that. But then away it sits on the, on the base, you see the holes. So I'm going to take some felt and cover this up later on with that. So. My other complaint about this piece, can I can see it? But it's missing, like, it would be like a half spine right here. Like, if you were to cut this, like, half a spine would be there. And so mm -hmm. they just left it off, which kind of. Goblin's Hut. I got the yellow rust from Goblin's Hut the other day. Sent it to, uh, Mark sent it to me in the mail uh, to try out. I'll have a video up of using the yellow rust from Dirty Down. So if you're still buying your Dirty Down, use the promo code MCTV, all caps. Those links will be down below as well. I love the Dirty Down stuff, and I can't wait to try the yellow rust. So that video will be coming next week of trying out the yellow rust. Promise. Dirty Down, Dunder Cheap. And the last thing I want to talk about, this isn't so much of a workbench video. I didn't know where to put this in this episode, but the painting phase is a YouTube channel. And it, the main guy on there is peachy and he's a former, uh, games workshop employee. So they kind of get into the nuts and bolts of some of the inner workings of games workshop. And I think this is one of the, take us out of the equation. It was one of the best hobby interview episodes I had seen in a very, very long time. And he had one of the lead design product designers for games workshop on who had left in 2016. So they kind of spilled the beans on a lot of things like why they, why they use paint pots and not dropper bottles, how they manufacture the paint, how they come up with the names for the paint, why certain tools get made and certain tools don't and how they tested out some of those tools, the mold line scraper, how that came to be. And like how they talk about just like, why white sucks as a paint like why it like to manufacture and to use as a paint and it, i and why yellow suck like there was a lot of really good color theory stuff in there so if you're interested i'll put a link down below it is even if you're not a games workshop fan and you just like hobby tools it is a huge hobby tool discussion and how things are designed and manufactured and i really 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 enjoyed it so i want people to kind of head over there check it out they have far more subscribers than we do. So I'm sure like many people have already seen it, but great episode over there on painting. Do you have, do you have the seam scraper? I do. And I love it. I did a video on it on my, on this channel or my channel. One of the two. Yeah. I don't watch. Oh, but I, I, did you watch the last model in a movie? Are you kidding me? I, I wouldn't have watched that human toe fungus. For all the fucking tea in China, okay? <sighs> that too. fucking you... Ryan Tannehill look-alike. Right. What's Ryan Tannehill? That's that quarterback I showed you the other oh, day. Oh, okay. All right. I said, doesn't this look like Brian Clark? Yeah, it does. And what did Jason say? He goes, yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> so, I just don't know my quarterbacks. All right, time for our interview. We have Dan Garden of Sci-Fi Models and Stuff. Great conversation, again, about producing model kits, uh, his taste in things, how they came to be, design choices, sculptors, inner workings of some things. Great interview. Dan's a great guy. And please, we're trying to help him out. So as you get in there, there's going to be an opportunity to help out Dan. We got to get those Edgars sold. So follow line. There's a very nice pr price, price cut in there for model club tv people so let's get in there welcome dan to the show here we go here's the interview 
Hello, everyone. We are back with Dan Garden. Dan, how are you, sir? Doing good. Doing good. Thank you guys so much for having me. And uh, Dan is of Sci-Fi Models and Stuff. What a great name. I like the and stuff is like the best thing I've heard in a long time. So, you know, I'm, I'm really glad you like that because like <laughs> my my wife hates it. My sales guy hates it. My marketing, uh, my no. marketing director hates it. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, you know, it, it started with an Instagram name and, and maybe you guys ran through the same thing, but it's really often hard to pick like a username if there's not something that you've used since like 2001 or whatever, right? So like, I knew I was going to post sci-fi models, but I didn't want that to be like all of it. So oh, and stuff. And yeah. stuff works perfectly. Stuff. It's a catch-all. Everything yeah, fits in Back there. to my sales guy, my marketing guy, my wife. Yeah. How many people are in this company because um you know i just say that to sound important so so basically okay. i'll work scott right so <laughs> there's me who does all the work uh and then i have my wife who helps run the table okay. and my sister-in-law who also helps run the table who you guys might have met um who just happens to have a background in marketing so i like made her this plaque that says like director of marketing <laughs> sci-fi models and stuff all that good stuff boy i bet that's other... prominently in her office right now <laughs> You know? Exactly. Exactly. My other sister-in-law is a lawyer, so she does all my contracts, all my legal work. And then my brother-in-law is like a sales guy for a tech company or whatever. So it's it's like the true family business where I just like run all this stuff by unwilling participants. And like every <laughs> no once pay. in a while, they like for, give me some advice. For no pay. Yeah, exactly. But, See, I mean, Scott, you're not the only one. You're not the only one. Yeah. And we're not even related. Which, thank God, oh my. Not yet. I mean, you were saying you're not married yet. Uh, I, I oh, yeah. Scott's Maybe probably we... got like a sister or something. Damn. Uh, well, I've got a 42-year-old stepdaughter. <laughs> that might work. I don't want to be part of the Johansson clan. I, I don't think, I don't think that's the are. best way. All right, man. How'd you get into this? Like, how long you been at it? What was the first thing you ever did? Where'd you grow up? Where do you live? Like, where do you live? Where, where in the yeah, country? So, um, I'm a, uh, I'm a good old Michigan boy at heart. From what I understand, you guys are like in Illinois somewhere. Yeah. We're um, I got a little bit of beef with Illinois, but you know, we don't, we don't have, we got beef that. with Michigan too. So let's go. Is it well, we got beef with like Illinois though too. So. Stuff. Yeah. Are you going to show us the mitten? Like where on the yeah, mitten I am are actually. you? Let me okay. put the mic down. So, uh, <laughs> y'all know about the mitten. Uh, so for reference for, you know, those, those in Illinois who may not be educated, uh, Detroit over here. Yeah. It's the thumb pit, right? Like right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's no good. I I don't, I don't mess with that. I'm like down here, like maybe an hour North of Ohio, uh, super small town, um, about, you know, the, the only thing that relates to the hobby is in another super small town, about 20 minutes away was this hobby shop called J bar hobbies. And it's like legendary. I mean, it's huge. It's it's one of the biggest hobby shops in the country, I think. Um, and it's like in the world's smallest like grandma town. Okay, where is it for real? Like uh Tecumseh, Michigan. Okay. Yeah, you might have to look at the spelling, but uh, you know, like the the general. So, so I always say when you showed me the mitten. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So because I've driven to the Detroit a few times for work. Okay. Ann Arbor's kind of like in the middle, yes. I mean sorry. Relatively like a little bit further east, but yeah, like basically right, right there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, uh I currently live in North Carolina. 
Okay. Uh, so there is a a pretty sizable like contingent of like resin heads down here. Um, like David Bennett lives in Raleigh. He's a couple hours away. Uh, Troy. Uh, Troy. Uh, McDivitt. McDivitt. Yep. Yep. He's right wasn't he a Michigan guy too though? Wasn't he a Michigan guy? I don't too? know. I never talked to him about that. I'm gonna have to. Ask uh, Quarantine Studios is like right down the down the road. So the guys from Quarantine were in my local like IPMS club here. Um, so that's pretty cool good environment. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, Crazy Joe. Crazy Joe lives like right over there. Oh, we're sorry. Sorry, we're sorry. <laughs> we're sorry. <laughs> you know, well, right there. Uh, we just yeah, we're sorry about that one. I got a soft spot for Crazy Joe. You know, oh, he's, we all uh, do. But he's got a soft spot too. On his head, it never closed. Yes, yeah, I think it's here. Um, Rotundi yeah. lives down there now too. Uh, Rob Rotundi from Needful Things is down. In oh yeah, room. yeah. So. That's actually the first time I've heard of his last name because it's not on his Facebook. And like I've hung out with him a couple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I just never thought to ask his last name. But yeah, the guy <laughs> Rob from Needful Things. Um, but yeah, so uh, I think like a lot of people, I started like doing plastic kits when I was a kid. Um, and I how took, old the like, guy are you? Are you my age or Scott's uh, age? Are you uh, a little bit younger? Maybe I'm I'm 34. Okay. So oh, way younger. All right. I mean, way younger than Scott. I mean, I, yeah, that's for sure. Well, that's supposed to me. <laughs> I don't know. You said you got a forty-two-year-old stepdaughter, so I might have married a my. I might have got cougared. Maybe. <laughs> I hope you did. I did. I'm rooting for you. Ten months older than me. Oh, okay. Uh, she had a child very young, so that's all. Awesome. Um, but yeah, like you know, like like a lot of people, I took like a a good twenty-year break for models, yeah. right? Um, and what, what really got me back in was, uh, Industria Mechanica. It's a resin garage kit company. Yep. Uh, it is now defunct, but it ran for a good 10 years. Michael Fichtenmeyer, uh, did a bunch of just like original sci-fi concepts. Some just, of like, the best kits that were out there. Oh my God. Yeah. I got like, them all. I got, uh, literally right behind my camera. I have his, his Frankenstein. I, with that me. was, I was just going to, ma- building that was a dream. Like, I just love that piece. There's so much cool detail in there, and the engineering on it is just, oh, so good. Oh, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, mine has a bunch of missing parts. Oh, no. And, <laughs> oh, yeah, like like a grip of missing parts, like 10 major missing parts. I paid a ton of money for it because, like, obviously, like, I don't think it ever got the full release. Like, I think he did, like, a half release, and then there was, like, some recasting issues and piracy stuff going on. Yeah. And, um. Anyways, yeah, he was a, a great producer. I, I bought about just everything he ever made. Um, and a couple of years ago, I decided to get into the production game myself. Uh, and it actually started at Wonderfest. So my my first year at Wonderfest was maybe like 2018 or maybe 17. And uh, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't bring any models or anything like that. I went to just go check it out. And it's a little bit of a hike for me. It's about a seven hour drive, something like that. Um, and there was this panel, uh, of, of garage kit producers and on the panel was Jesse Garcia, uh, George Stevenson from Blackheart, um, Mark Havikin, Filmy, and, uh, William Everhart from Quarantine, who I did not know at that time. And, uh, you know, at this time, like at that first meeting, I didn't really know what went into production. You know, it's kind of like if I ask you, like, hey, how do you, like, make a car and sell it? Like, I can only assume, like, there are things that I don't know, right? And here come, like, all these four relatively normal guys 
just talking about, you know, oh yeah, you, you know, you buy a sculpt and then you get a caster and then you do some production and then you, then you just make lots of money. It's, wow. That sounds great. Um, <laughs> I think like everybody else, like there have always been kits that I wanted that were not available. Right. Um, so that's basically how I started. I got into making kits that I wanted to make. And I think that was kind of uh, what Jesse was talking about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and we really kind of have the same philosophy on that. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, I have a full-time job. This is not much more than a hobby for me. Um, so I can afford to lose a little bit if kits don't sell. I was just um, going to so ask, we, what is your full-time job? Uh, can you <laughs> so say? until very recently, <laughs> uh, I managed a complaint department for a government facility. I won't tell you details. Yeah, um, that's all right. That's all right. Hard to find out. Um, so, you know, people talk, uh, you know, a, a common thread for production is like, oh, you have to deal with the public and the public can be so annoying. And it's like, well, I ran a complaint department. Like, <laughs> this, is, this is much easier. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect transition. It, it's really not, though. <laughs> Some of these guys. Surprise, man. We, maybe off fair, we can talk about it. Yeah, okay. Like, Dude, I don't work there anymore. I guess I can talk on air. Maybe next time you have me on. For sure. Uh, so the first kid I did um, was actually like not a good seller. Um, and it is uh, Edgar the Bugman from Men in Black. I love Men in Black. Like Men in Black is one of my favorite movies. It's just good late 90s comedy. Everything like hits, right? And Vincent D'Onofrio as the bug man. He's so weird. He's like lurching around and drooling and like all this stuff. Um, and I was like, oh man, that's everybody's going to want that. Everybody loves men in black. Everyone loves zombies and aliens and bug people and stuff. Like that's going to be like my first huge hit, right? It's going to be right out the gate, just money. And um, I <laughs> bought an initial run of, I think, 25 casts. And last I counted, I still have like 16 left. And this was, you know, three or four years ago. Okay. So, you know, I sold two of them this year at Wonderfest, and that might have been the most I've sold at any one time since release. Uh, so, so let's dissect that a bit. Why do you think that is? Like, what do you think happened? So that's actually really funny you, you brought that up because um, one of the things I've heard from a lot of people is it's just too big. So. You know, obviously it hasn't sold for a couple of years. So every couple of years. Jason's never heard that in his life, by the way, just so you know. Nice. Okay. I walked right into that one. <laughs> um, My feelings. <laughs> it's kind of hard to tell from the pictures, but it's it's like good size. It's about, you know, 15 inches. It's yeah. you know, nominally one third scale. I think it's probably a little bit closer to half. So like some people might like it, but they don't like it that much to take up that much room on the shelf, right? So last year at Wonderfest 22, I don't know, you know, what was in the water at Wonderfest, but I probably had a hundred people come up to my table and take pictures of it. Like, oh, it's so cool. Take pictures. I'd be like, look, I'll get you a deal. And they would just walk away. They had no interest in buying it, just taking pictures, which is fine. I mean, that's part of the game. Um, but anyways, so to address that, I, uh, I recently had it 3D scanned and I'm going to be releasing it as a, a much smaller kit maybe six, seven inches tall. Um, and I'm hoping that, you know, maybe I'll sell a little bit more doing that. Okay. I want to talk about the pictures thing for a second. This yeah. came up at, at, I think it was the horror convention I was at. And 
there's got there's people because it's not just men that they don't buy anything anymore. They just go around and collect basically photographs of things they like, and they just post it on their Instagram. And that's how they do their collection now is just taking photographs at tables of like rare. Instead of buying it, they'll just take a picture of stuff. So I wonder if there's some of that involved too. Like, I think Terry even, and it came up at G Fest too. I think people were doing that a couple years ago, where it's just taking pictures instead of actually buying the thing. Maybe kids, um, kids. Yeah. So, so after about like, you know, a full day of this last year, I started asking people, like, just straight up, like, yeah, what, what could I make you do to buy this? I do not want to carry this home kind of stuff. And um, I noticed some of the comments I got from Wonderfest like multiple times was that some people didn't think they had the ability to paint, you know, at an appropriate level that they would want to buy a kit because they were afraid they messed it up or whatever. Scott, um, Scott can talk to that. He's got that problem. Yeah, but it doesn't stop me from buying it. That's true. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm the same way. Like, uh, like probably everybody else in the hobby, I got a stash of a couple hundred kits I'll never get to. Um, but it didn't stop me from buying them, right? Right. Couple, couple hundred, huh? We'll call what that else a, did they... <laughs> is that a stash? What <laughs> other reasons did they give? But I have a hoard. <laughs> oh, sorry. You do have a hoard. That's all right. So actually, on that, because I'm always curious about this, Scott, give me like a ballpark. Are we talking like six hundred, or are we talking like six thousand? That's six thousand. Okay. Uh, Roughly, this is rough now. Yeah. Seven hundred and fifty. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that's, now that's there are some doubles. Lot. There's a lot of styrene doubles. Of course, of course. Um, when it, polar lights kits and stuff when they came out, I did buy some doubles. But I would venture to guess I'm still over six fifty as far as just kits. Okay. Jason, any? any I have never uh, added them all up. If I start counting miniatures, I'm in trouble. So I know, man. It, it, I feel yeah. so guilty. Like you know, they, they all fit in the closet. Thank God, but like it's a full closet, and uh, you know, I, I feel I, guilty. Mine's I a just, full stock rack. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen that. Maybe. And then now, on top of that, I have fifty-two Bowen uh, full-size statues, superhero okay. statues, and I have, I think, about three hundred and sixty-five. A bow and busts also so um so as a comic superhero guy obviously sure. so um so on top of the models we have that let's go back to the other thing for one second yeah. besides the 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 skill problem of painting what were the other reasons that people gave those are the only ones i remember like of okay. course price is always something right um in general I try to have pretty reasonable prices on my pieces and you know, everybody does like, yeah. I'm not, this is kind of dangerous territory because I don't want to speak about anybody else's business model. Right. But no. yeah. uh, as a collector, I have an idea of like what I would pay for a third scale bus. Right. So, you know, that's basically where I started with Edgar and as it didn't sell, the price slowly got lower. Um, I think for a lot of people, you know, this this is still very real money thrown around. Like when you talk about like 700 kits, right? Like even if you paid five bucks for each kit, that's 3,500 bucks. Like that is a sizable <laughs> amount of money being thrown away, right? And I don't mean uh, thrown away. You know yeah, roughly, I mean. roughly, <laughs> uh, 
roughly, I would guess about $35,000. Yeah. And, and I think that's reasonable. And, um, another thing I always think about is, uh, it was actually my, my same first year at Wonderfest. I went over to the, uh, the Kaiju guys. I can never remember their name. Maybe just Kaiju kits. Is that it? Yeah. So anyways, I was talking to them my first year and, you know, I didn't have an idea of, of, you know, what kits went for. Right. And, uh, of course, I would say, like, in general, kaiju kits are a little bit on the more expensive side. It's yes. a lot of resin, a lot of materials, you know, limited availability, all that good stuff. And the guy running the booth, and I can never remember his name, I can never even remember his face, is like, yeah, you know, if you want, you know, open the box, unwrap everything, like, take a look as close as you want. Because, like, you know, a lot of people will save up all year to buy one kit for me. And and that really kind of put it in perspective, right? So. um with that being said, like, again, you know, we all do different things. I try to to price mine as, as affordable as I can. Of course, I'm trying to make money too. Anyway, so yeah, price, size, and, and sometimes skill with kits. And, and that's probably about all I remember. There might be a couple other things that I'm either forgetting or nobody told me. Okay, so just so everyone knows, because there's 16 left, what is the current price? Uh, so <laughs> I'm so glad you asked that. Uh, why don't you pop those pictures back up again? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I have them marked at 100 with free shipping. Uh, however, if you want one, I'll do 80 with free shipping. There you go. That's Look at that. I'm trying to get rid of them. Model Club special. Model, Model Club special. special. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Maybe do like a promo code or something and, that you know. And really, a hundred dollars for a third scale bust, I think, is very reasonable. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, absolutely. Yes. Uh, so I'll be honest, at that price, I'm losing money. Uh, but they've been sitting in my closet for three years and, you know, they're, they're losing not money it. there, too. So yeah, it, exactly. All right. so, Let's try and get these sold out. That would be amazing. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> I mean, you got like, what, a thousand subscribers now? Yes. If, almost. If everyone almost bought there. two kits of mine, <laughs> I can Here, retire. I'm, I'm going to help you out. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to help you out. Yeah. I will buy a Model Club TV t shirt for the 16th kit that sells. So if all 16 sell, the wow. last one that sells, you'll provide me their information. I'll get a hold of them and I'll buy them a t-shirt. Awesome. Wow. Let's try How about that. that? I like that. that. That's wonderful. We'll see if you can't get 16. So yeah. why don't you put that picture back up again? So there it is. It's up. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad you didn't get discouraged with it then. And you kept going because there's some really cool stuff you got going on. Before yeah. We... So the thing is that, you know, I, I made this kit. It didn't sell particularly well, but that didn't really change my mission, right? Because there were still kits that I wanted to make that did not exist. Like that did not fundamentally change. Um, so after that, um, I started, you know, I've done a couple of things. I think, uh, I think I really had maybe like three big, you know, bus, not statue bus, but like a bust out of my, of my, uh, my bank account before I, you know, hit it big. Right. So I did a couple skeleton kits. Um, I did a saber tooth tiger. You can actually see it uh, over my shoulder there uh, on the corner. It's a saber tooth tiger skeleton, um, and that was you know kind of just enough to keep me going. Um, for me, you know, this is a little bit naive, but I don't care so much about the money. What I really like is that thrill of the sell. So like this goes live and I get some orders for Edgar. doesn't matter that I'm losing money. I was so goddamn happy. Like, you know, it's just a good feeling. And same yeah. reason I do the table at Wonderfest. It's a good feeling to sell your stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, 
so of course the big one and and i guess what really kind of uh put me on the map a little bit uh was my millicent patrick hit um i think you know you guys covered a lot of that so so i listened to your whole episode with jesse right and uh i i have no issues with jesse personally or professionally um i did at first right so you know when when rumblings came out i first saw some stuff online i was a little unhappy um but you know he he justified it uh and and he's right nobody owns the rights he's doing some different things he's doing it well he's being respectful to the source i got no reason to be mad um and uh you know i i really respect him for uh taking the opportunity to reach out to me and talk to me about it like he he messaged me on facebook he was like hey dan here's my number give me a call sometime yeah and i did and it was a good conversation you know i want to set the record straight now that i got a public forum i do <laughs> not think anybody was trying to cash in on any so uh it's actually really funny so um there actually is a lot of drama behind that kit that i'm not going to get into but not with jesse just with you know other parties Y'all may be aware I'm trying yeah. my best not to talk shit on this call, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, uh, so, so I hired a sculptor to do it. And basically that same day, uh, Mike Calvert posted pictures of his uh, Jeff Yeager sculpt, like the, the preview uh, photos that Jeff Yeager does before it gets to mold. And immediately I was like, oh, oh shit. Like I messed up. Like, this is like, this is my fault um, because it turns out that there's a bunch of, um, you know, other groups on Facebook that I'm not a part of that had been talking about this for months. So I had no idea. So I reached out to Mike uh, right away, or maybe he reached out to me, but there was some communication. And I was like, hey, man, like, I just wanted to make sure, like, I'm really not trying to step on your toes here. Um, and he was, of course, super gracious about it. He was like, you know, mine's mine's a quarter scale bus. Here's a six scale figure. Like, we're good. No issues. So cool. No issues there. Um, Jesse made a really good point uh, with his interview with you guys that, you know, timing between his and mine, I think, kind of seems closer than it was. Right. And that's why that's why in my brain, it does feel that way, because there was pictures out there. Not that the kit was there. It was, oh, I'm going to do that. Like kind of, you know. Yeah, and and I'll I'll say in uh, Dan's defense, early on, Dan reached out to me about molding and casting that thing because oh yeah, a caster. And I think Rob had told you to get a hold of me, and I was like, at that time, I'm like still working, and I'm like, no, thank you. There's more there <laughs> that I want to deal with, and um, you know, so it was like I think you ended up with Bradley right at the end. I here? did, yeah, yeah. and. Uh... You know, love him to death. Bradley is is you know no no disrespect to any other casters out there. I firmly believe Bradley is the best in the business. Uh, he just posted something this evening about stuff. Great guy. He is not only like an amazing caster. He is like also one of the nicest guys in the yeah. industry. Super nice. Yeah. Now he is, and and one of the things that makes him an amazing caster is he's an amazing mold maker. Oh God! And yeah. a good mold will give you a good cast every time, yeah. every time. You know, not that, not taken away from it, but that's half the battle. Is the good yeah. mold, and then once you have the good mold, it's like, you know, the rest gets easy. So. Oh yeah, so he's uh he's fantastic. You guys should have him on the show. 
Um, except he's so busy that I don't want to <laughs> take away from him doing my work for me. No, we'll wait until he's done Worthlings, and then we'll. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Money. There you Screw go. That guy. Um, so yeah, uh, so so back to I guess my progression as a producer. So Beauty's Beast did really well. Um, I still have a waiting list. Uh, basically, any time I get kits from Bradley, they sell out in you know a week or less. It's amazing. Um, that you know was was definitely my peak, right? So everything after that has has been steady and has been good. Now that you know people are starting to know who I am and get to know my products and stuff, so. Um, definitely growing, uh, this year at Wonderfest, I think I had 10 kits on the table, um, went really well. Of course, uh, uh, Jason, you, you saw it at Wonderfest, but I have my, uh, my Jim Henson tribute, uh, coming up at some point. Cannot wait. (laughs) Like that is the coolest thing I saw in the entire show. And I can't wait for that thing. That is. Yeah. So, you know, going back to what Jesse said, uh, there's a million Frankensteins, there's a million Draculas. Um, and there's a struggle to do things that are original, but that will also sell, right? So not not quite Edgar, but not quite like Frankenstein, six scale, doing yeah. that, yeah. right? Um, and, you know, maybe I shouldn't give away my new strategy or my new line, but what I'm really focusing now is a um, kind of behind the scenes stuff. So had the Millicent Patrick tribute, doing the Jim Henson tribute. Um, yeah, Jason don't give anything, don't give anything away don't yeah jason don't you, you. you and i might have spoke about it at wonderfest yeah. i'm certainly not going to say it here but there are a few more in the line uh that that will be coming up at some point i so are you a huge henson fan like are you like when you're picking out your stuff you're like okay i love no, he hates jim henson like, he just thought he'd do a model of it. that was going to be the number one seller of all time come on never know never know a lot of people make things they don't like so listen, I think like everybody's a Henson fan to a degree, right? Like we all. Despite Let's ask Scott. You... Let's ask Scott. Scott, yeah. are you a Jim Henson Henson fan? Yes, You're of liar. course. He's a liar. Everybody is. He's lying. Even Scott, who's like Why what fifty years no. older than me or whatever, like you can take that horrible movie that you like and keep it, <laughs> um, Dark Crystal or whatever it is. Oh my okay, God. you don't know what you're talking but, about. Um, <laughs> he doesn't know what he's talking about. You know, no, I was a big fan of the Muppet Show and Muppet uh, Show's good. Yeah. Even the some of the stuff on Sesame Street back in the day was I liked to watch it even when, as I got older because I loved watching the the puppets and the uh, the other things the Big Bird the Snuffleupagus you know some of the but oh Oscar the Grouch and Grover were my two favorites so yeah, it's, yeah. everybody loves Jim Henson like to some degree like that is like one of the most American things possible is like loving Kermit the Frog even if like he's your least favorite Muppet like you love him a little bit. Can I? I don't know. Maybe I have to edit this out. Oh, okay. Have you, seen, have you seen Kermit on Omegle on uh, YouTube? What? Okay, <laughs> I'm going to send you a link later. Okay. So there's a guy that does a dead on Kermit the Frog impression, yeah. and it's this like random chat screens, chat windows that people go on, like oh, teenage yeah, kids. Oh yeah, Omegle. Yes. Yeah, so I Omegle, have. right? Yeah. Have you seen the Kermit on there? I have. At some point. The, and he pops his cucumber up every time and it makes I've not like seen it. that. <laughs> Maybe I saw a different one. I don't know. I'll have to send you a link. Remind All me. All right. Uh, yeah. Oh, um, Kermit's the best on there. Yeah. So, you know, the thing with this sculpture, um, there are certain things that I'm always actively looking for, right? So, like, and it's, it's hard because I can't talk about it too much, but um, I think it's fair to say that I am actively pursuing a kaiju sculptor right now. I want to dip my toes 
into giant monsters in suits, right? Um, I was not looking for a Jim Henson tribute at all. And, uh, you know, like probably everybody who listens to this, I'm a member of the Shiflet Brothers uh, sculpting forum, right? Uh On Facebook. Look, 60,000 sculptors, something like that, all just posting their work. Some of the best sculptors in the world are there, right? And this guy, Scott Wells, uh, was doing it as a personal project for himself. He was just sculpting Jim Henson and Kermit. And, uh, you know, it got like a million likes. Everybody loves it. So I DM him and I'm like, look, I'm a resin kit producer. I do this behind the scenes thing. I need this. Like, full stop. I don't care what your price is. This is like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I need this. And uh, he was like, okay, yeah, I'll think about it. Whatever. Uh, And I didn't hear from him for like six months, maybe. And I reached out again. I was like, hey, Scott, like, just so you know, I still really need this. Like, my number (laughs) has not changed. Like, I, I, I got the money in a checking account waiting to be transferred into your name. Just, you know, let me know. And uh, he was like, uh, okay, I'll get back to you. Like, get out of, get out of here, kid. And uh, a couple months later, you know, he, uh, he actually reaches out to me. I figured it was dead at that point. He reaches yeah. out and says, hey, uh, would you still be interested? And absolutely. So um, <laughs> we, we, we rushed and we, he, I should say he worked uh, very hard to get uh, a prototype ready for Wonderfest to have it on the table. Um, and despite having the worst table at Wonderfest, like literally, you did get screwed there a little bit. <laughs> you want to talk about that? Wonderfest yeah. <laughs> is always good to talk about. Yes. Um, yeah. So, um, little bit of background. Uh, I would normally split a table with a guy at Wonderfest, uh, David Smith, great guy. He's got a fantastic location at the show. He normally, um, just sells out his stash every year. So every year he just goes in, grabs a couple hundred kits. Uh, that he's not going to build, sets him on the table and tries to go home with like 15, right? Uh, so he let me know shortly before the show that, you know, he needed the whole table. And of course, I'm tearing out the rest of my hair, right? Because I got nowhere to be. And it's literally like May 25th or something. So I get on Wonderfest website. They have a single table left uh, in room A. They don't even have anything in room B, which of course, room B is like the real kiss of death. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, one table in room A, 400 bucks. Uh, and it is by far the worst table in the show. It is in the little annex that everybody like stays away from, uh, because like you're trying not to let the celebrities see you. Cause you know, if you make eye contact, you have to go over there. Like that's how yes, I know the feeling. <laughs> they, they actually um, call that room the chapel. Yeah. I mean, cause it used to be like a church chapel. People would get married there. Are you serious? Yeah, it's. I don't know if there's still stained glass in there. I want to say Jason wasn't there. There used to be. Yep, there There was. Okay. Oh, so they call it. That's uh, depressing. (laughs) (laughs) God, I hope no, but none of your listeners or uh, none of my uh, my Edgar buying customers got married at the uh, what is the Crown Plaza in Louisville? Uh, Oh no, John did. John got married there, but he got married upstairs. there's, There's two people that have been married at Wonderfest. Okay. And um, two of the spouses have passed since then. So might not be a good idea to get married at Wonderfest. So, all right. So let me back up because I think getting married at Wonderfest would be really cool. I don't think getting married in the like lost in space annex would <laughs> no, be. No, they didn't get married. Like, that, that is not cool. Separate, yeah. 
Um, so oh, anyways, well, this year, that's uh, why the robot would be going danger, danger, <laughs> exactly. don't get married, you know? Um, so this year, of course, uh, they had land of the lost there, uh, who are extremely nice people. Um, from what I understand, it was like one of their best, like conventions they've ever done. Like everybody loved them. And I'm sitting there hearing them sing, sing the theme song, like every 10 minutes oh, God. for two full days. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh God. I'm going to get me a gun. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. um, So had a really bad table at Wonderfest is a long and short. Um, But I will say the Henson tribute bust kept people coming over. So uh, Jason, I think you were walking by. Yeah. I finally got around like the, like late in the one day and I was like, Oh my gosh, I didn't even see like blew me away. Didn't know it was there. Didn't just happen to see it. I was like, Holy crap. Cause I'd wanted to go see the skeleton that you had, the Harry house and skeleton. And I think by the time I got over there, everything was sold out or it was about to be like, everything. But Edgar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which brings me to the skeleton for a second. How'd you come up with that? So that's, J- that's a really, for people who don't know, I'll have to have the pictures up. It's Jason and the Argonauts, yeah. uh, the skeleton, the Harry yeah. Housing. And, uh, you know, just side note, you guys talked about it maybe a month ago and yeah. I, I went and listened to that episode. I was like, wow, you guys are saying some really nice shit about it. <laughs> we so try. Thank you. We thank try. you. Um, so I just, it, it's simple. I really like skeletons, right? So Harryhausen is another one, um, that I would love to do a tribute kit for, but the perfect one has already been done. Right. And I think I want to say it was killer kits. You guys might have to look this up, but, um, one of the, the British producers did like this gorgeous tribute kit of Harryhausen sitting in his living room, drinking tea with like the miniature monsters everywhere. Um, like, I have seen that, but it's it's hard to get here. Yeah, yeah. I think the guy, I, forgive me for not knowing who it was, but I think he only did a run of 25. And that is the perfect behind-the-scenes kit. I wish I had thought of that. Um, but anyways, I love Harryhausen. I love skeletons. Um, and, you know, every once in a while, I just go through this, like, phase where I get, like, obsessed with whatever topic, right? And I'm like, I got to have that. And for me that week, it was skeletons and it was Harryhausen skeletons. <laughs> and lucky enough for me, everybody else was obsessed with them that week. Um, so actually, we can talk about this on the show. Uh, I actually have a second one uh, that's about to be ready for release. Oh, so cool. um, Jason and the Argonauts, there's, I think, eight skeletons walking around. They all got different shield art. They all got different weapons, different uh, you know poses and stuff. Uh, they have so, different expressions too. Like some of them have yeah. angry brows. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know how well that's going to show up, but this is the second pose that we're going to be doing. You'll see the shield is uh blank here. I'm going to be releasing some decals uh, for the shield art. Um, but yeah, man, people went nuts for that skeleton. I sold out at Wonderfest. Um, I sold probably 10 or 15 before Wonderfest. I sold probably like 10 or 15 after Wonderfest. People go nuts for that. Cause I remember like, remember when monsters in motion put out that Jason and Argonauts fighting the skeleton, like Scott, I'm talking to you. Cause you were oh, there. Well, I also remember. <laughs> so I was so you the- were there like, when did you get involved in buying models? Like what was your first garage kit, Dan? Like how much like of that do you? 2014. Okay. All right. But that was like, when that kit came out was huge. Like everyone was just talking about it. And there really hadn't been anything since that up until 
Well, your weren't skeleton, there two? Right? So there was the one where the skeletons were all up on the platform. That's the one I'm what, thinking of. What was the one on the stairway? Was he fighting the skeleton? Oh, there the was stairway? one where he's like on the stairway. Yeah. Who did that? That was um Monsters of Motion also, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Um the guy, I want to say his name is Michael Heisman, was the producer and or sculptor. He actually reached out to me about my skeleton, bought a couple, and was like, by the way, I used to make this. Oh, I'm not mad. <laughs> and this looks great. And I was like, Yeah. But again. It's everyone's there's going to be overlap always. And I think people sure. kind of got to. Well, let go of yeah. That. And one thing I want to say about the Millicent is, you know, there's your bust, or there's Mike's bust. There's um, your kit. There's Jesse's kit. Jesse obviously made a bust of his kit as well. Look up pictures of Millicent Patrick. The first thing you, you're going to find is that picture of her holding the creature mask. Working on it. Okay, yeah. so it, it's also a, a a very iconic, you want to call it pose or whatever, <laughs> image. Let's say it's an iconic image. Um, so it's like, what else would you do with Millicent Patrick but yeah. that? I mean, there's like five pictures of her in existence. Like, there there are very few pictures. So, yeah, there's there's only so much you can do if that's the subject you want to do, right? So um, if you... I don't want you to give a, are you still thinking about a Harryhausen tribute? Like of him? I am not. Okay. Only because I can't think of anything as good as that one guy's kid. To me, there, there is no better tribute to Harryhausen. Okay. The only thing I could think of doing, and you know, I'll talk about that. This is a giveaway for, (laughs) for any listeners who want (laughs) to sink, you know, 10 grand or whatever into some fleeting interest. You know, there's there's this great picture of him, you know, animating the skeleton. He's he's at the table. He's like doing something like that. You know, maybe doing like a chest up bust of that picture, mm-hmm. maybe. But even then, I mean, that'd be nowhere as good as him sipping tea with all its critters. So <laughs> it's, I you know, you. It, it was done too good the first time around. There's nothing I could do to ever top. I love Hellboy, but I like the comic version better than the movie version. Okay. And I think yours hits that side of it more than most people end up with. Because every time you see Hellboys in Garage Kit World, it's always the movie. It's always the Del Toro Hellboy stuff. It's never the more super cloven feet, kind of like real comic-y kind of mouth. That's the Hellboy I like. So I, I, when I saw this piece on your table, too, it's like, holy crap, someone finally did like one closer to the way I like it. Which, And I'm not nar- knocking marks at all, because they're still they're oh, super no. cool kids. For what they are. It's just when I like Hellboy, it's more comic based than other stuff. I think Ed Bradley yeah. did a bust a long time ago that was really good too that I have, but it's very rare that, that you see one. So, you know, like Hellboy, Hellboy is one of my more persistent subjects. So I've probably done four or five different Hellboy kits, um, as in produced four or mm-hmm. five. Um, and the thing with Hellboy is, you know, all the good stuff has already been done too. So sometimes you got to think outside the box. Um, you you can't see, but right over my shoulder there, next to the saber tooth tiger skeleton, is uh, Sean Nagel's Hellboy, and that's you know from like early two thousands maybe. Mm-hmm. Amazing! It's it's the perfect uh, comic sculpt of his first appearance in comics, uh, Seat of uh, Destruction. That was for you, Scott. And uh, 
just beautiful. And what's then, the number? Oh, what's the number of that issue? Would you like uh, number one? Of course, <laughs> first appearance. You know, um, I also have all of Mark Worthling's Hellboys. I got well, kind of. Yep, I got the whole it. line yep. back there, right behind. Your I got uh, like literally everybody except his newest one. Um, yeah, nobody bought the next. What's that? He only saw nobody bought the newest one. one. <laughs> I really like the new the newest one. I love it. I think it's such an awesome sculpt. I'm just uh, for crap. me, it's just a little bit too big. Those, yeah. you know, just like my Edgar, take up a lot of real estate. I've already got four of them. I've got two of them behind me. I've got two more around the house, right? Um, so Jason never wants to see that thing again. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The thumbs. I was the. I did the printing for it, and it's the spikes and the okay uh, the spike. it was fun little fairies and stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, the, the fairies were the worst the worst really yeah because for the small version of it those fairies are like that big and yeah. everything support it they just fall apart when you try and take them uh Fair. robotica how'd that do yep. for you uh so robotica is a really interesting topic, and we're, right? yeah give us the background on how that because it's kind of out of nowhere when it comes to some it other is stuff. yeah it's it's it falls into different... the stuff <laughs> it, perfect i mean you could call it a sci-fi model it could too. so it could be either or um so robotica is my tribute to a bunch of different things right uh and i'm so glad you asked because we talked about industria mechanica earlier and this is my version of an industria mechanica kit it has that vibe. It totally has that vibe. Yeah. So um, Michael Fichtemeyer with IMEC did that line of uh, Cosmonaut kits a couple of years ago. Eighth scale, uh, gorgeous, gorgeous kits. I've got those behind me too. Um, this was kind of my take on that, where it's kind of a kind of a sexy woman, kind of a sci-fi kit, a lot of like flowing energy and movement. Um, and then, you know, the other thing it was a big tribute to was filming. So, you know, I mentioned uh, earlier in this this talk here that, uh, you know, filming was on that panel that really got me interested in producing, right? And um, I need to write this down because I always forget the exact quote, but he was talking about like the way he makes his models and the way he selects his his subjects. And it was like, he wanted them to be like sexy, but not obscene, I think is what he said. So, you know, we're not seeing that um you might you might have to edit this, but you ever seen that fucked up kit with the woman getting eaten out by a robot? You ever seen that yep. one? Oh yeah. Jason it's the, it's the, you know what you should do. It's for the this? dark horse you one where she's the robot is like holding her up. The old dark horse with a ton of really cool wires around it. Yeah, I know it's based on a piece of artwork too. I, I'm sure it is based on some pervert yeah. artwork, right? <laughs> I'm like you, um, in that I, I don't I think we can leave stuff to the imagination. Sure. Okay. I love pinup art. Um Elvgren, uh like Vargas, the pinup art. None of that was ever obscene. Um who's the other one? Petty. Okay. Was the other one? And they were big in the forties, did matchbooks book covers and calendars, but they ended up on the nose art of a lot of planes. So I loved Randy Van Dyke's kit. Um of the girl, you know, painting the plane a few years ago. Oh yeah. It's great. You know? kit. And so, yeah, I, I like that pinup feel. And like you say, it's not obscene. It's just what it is. It's, it's art. Okay. If anything, it, it's art. So I, I'm with you. 
hundred percent. I don't have to see the uh yeah. Yeah. I don't have yeah. to see everything. So So listen, I I go to the um the midnight pervert show or whatever it's called at Wonderfest, you know, the, the after hours <laughs> unsanctioned we're gonna, event. We're gonna get some mail on that one. MPV MPS. <laughs> listen, it's all good fun, right? But I also go to that knowing what I'm getting into, right? It's like I'm gonna see some like insane Jimmy Flintstone stuff that like is beyond obscene, right? That was not what I was trying to do. And I don't want to speak for anybody else, but I think Filmy was trying to kind of avoid that stuff with his subjects. So they're sexy, but not obscene. Which he has. Which he, which he has. Of course. He's, he's done an incredible job. Like, um, you know, one thing I try to keep in mind, I, I hope this doesn't sound like virtue signaling or something, but, <laughs> you know, like my wife comes to Wonderfest with me, right? And... Over the years, there have become more and more women in the hobby. And I think that's a really good trend. And I would like to see that trend continuing, right? Making the hobby more accessible to everybody. And you don't get that by making, like, disgusting pervert kits that you can't bring around kids, right? So I'll get off my soapbox. <laughs> oh, no, I, I'm, I'll, I'll just, I want to add on to that. Jason and I have talked about this with our friend Jamie, okay? Um, just because you can put boobs on something doesn't mean you have to. And there's so much beautiful work out there that guys do 3D sculpt-wise. And, you know, I don't need an Ariel from Little Mermaid with her top off. Okay? I don't need Jessica Rabbit with her top off. Jessica Rabbit was perfect as she is. But yet, there's a ton of that shit out there. And, and again, I'm like, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not getting on a soapbox and and saying it's not virtuous. I've held my tongue long yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, we're, it, we're not trying to kink shame Jason. So yeah, I'm no, that, and I'm not. Know, <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, is if I nothing, it's very rare that I get offended by a piece or I think something is obscene. Yeah, when it's when it fits the character and it fits the story you're trying to tell, that's fine with me. Right. But when you're just doing like in my biggest, like I hate boobs on predators. It makes zero sense. And it's mm -hmm. just trying to put some tits out there just for the sake of tits. And to me, that's stupid because when you look at a predator, I've said it on the show before, its mouth wouldn't work on a nipple. So they wouldn't <laughs> have boobs and it makes zero sense. And it's just so we can say, oh, we have a naked predator. And with an alien character, I get a little more. The whole thing's a penis in the first place. The whole head of an alien's a penis. If you go right. and look at the original artwork, it's a dick. I hate everyone. If you don't realize that yet, those people who collect aliens, you're collecting dicks and putting them all over your shelf. Wow. That's Dude, what they are. Got a big dick on my shelf. Right, right you do. The head is a big penis. Yeah, exactly. If, if, but that's okay. Because that's what his style was. That's what Giger was. It's biomechanical, sexy. If there's boobs on that, that makes sense. When it comes to other things, like I have, like, Operation in Progress is broken and sitting up there. And he's wearing a strap on and he's doing surgery on himself. And to me, that's not obscene. That's something that would be, it used to be out on my, like when you walk in my apartment at the time, it was right there for everyone. I don't well, care who sees it. It didn't go with the girlfriend's Fisher Price toys. <laughs> it, it would. I dropped it when I was moving. So otherwise it would be out there with everything else. I have like, but when it comes to just, I'm going to make something weird, like, like Ariel, a naked Ariel makes no sense. It's just for weirdos. And if you're into that stuff, that's fine. 
but admit you're into weird shit. It's just you don't yeah, need I, d- naked Disney characters. No, or listen, even guys, like I'm trying to sell 16 Edgars right now, so we got <laughs> we got to back up a little bit and say, look, if you are a weird pervert, listen. Hey, you're fine. Can, I'll tell you what. If you want to put tits on the Edgar after you get it, <laughs> yeah, send it to us. Knock yourself out. Okay, great idea. <laughs> listen, and, we can still be friends even if I've you're a weird stuff, pervert. You know, and Jason and I have covered this a little bit before. Some beautifully sculpted kits. A uh, lady slave is one that comes to mind, and um, it's it's a bondage girl, and she's got a chain going up. You know, and and it's it's nothing I would ever buy, and it's nothing I would ever display. But I can still look at it and say, it's a beautiful flowing sculpt. Okay, yeah. but it's like you know, Jason. I'll ask you if you had kids. Would you have that operation in progress out? Yes, absolutely. And his kids would be in therapy. <laughs> okay, so I, I don't know what the kid is. So, oh, okay, I'll, I'll sh- look yeah, at OIP in the video. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> very violent, and that's the thing. Like, I is if you try and hide that stuff, it just makes it even. I don't know. We're getting in a weird place. Like, I have posters. I have mo- like gig posters that have nudity in them. I'm not taking them down for kids that are coming over. That's just. Just, that's how and I'm listen, gonna... I have no problem with nudity. Yeah. I don't have problem with gratuitous nudity. Oh, well, I'm glad. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> um, but, but I get what you're saying. I, I totally get it. Tasteful. I get. I get what mm-hmm. you're trying to do with this piece. Because it works so, perfectly. Yeah, so with this piece, this is my girl fit, right? Inspired by Filmy, inspired by Industry Mechanica. Uh, and then my sister-in-law, my uh, my marketing sister-in-law, not my lawyer sister-in-law, <laughs> is a uh, roller derby player, right? So I find the sport interesting. I won't go into it too much because now, like, we're really getting off topic. But uh, the the big inspiration, I, I, don't, I won't even talk about the inspiration for this because it's such a weird story. Uh, you know what? Now that I'm talking about it, I have to. You right? have to. Yep. So we can edit it out if it's like too much. <laughs> so, all right. So Derby girls all have like names, right? Like Derby names. Yep. Uh, and a lot of times they're puns. Um, a really good example, um, a girl on on my sister-in-law's team is called uh, Texas Chainsaw Mascara, right? So there's normally kind of a blend between like girly stuff and horror or like weird shit, right? Yeah. So uh, we were visiting my sister-in-law. And we went to a bar that one of her team members played, uh, works at. And a lot of times they introduce themselves as their derby name. So like my sister-in-law, like I don't think her team members know her real name. They know her derby name, which is Zombelina. She likes zombies. She's really short. Zombelina. Okay? So she introduces to us to her friend who works at this bar. And her friend does this weird gesture and goes... Hi, I'm Robotica. <laughs> so I'm like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like, this is just super weird. It turns out, turns out I completely misheard that. And uh, it turns out she didn't even do a robot move. According to other witnesses, I swear I saw it. Um, but her, her derby name is Reno Nevada. Which, as you will note, sounds nothing like Robotica. But that's no. what I heard. <laughs> I saw the weird movement. I heard Robotica. And I was like, man, I should do a robot derby girl. Well, was there alcohol involved here, Dan? No, that's the thing. Like, I mean, like it was a bar, so it was loud. But 
I swear, and this is like a point of contention between me and the family. I swear she did a weird <laughs> robot thing. Nobody else believes me. She did it. Robotica did it. Uh, so, oh, I love uh, it. so, yeah, that was Robotica. For that moment, she was Robotica. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I hired this sculptor, a guy named uh, Ezekiel devoto and i'm sure i'm butchering that he's a guy from down south america wonderful guy uh he sculpts a lot of um fan art for some of the larger companies and uh we talked quite a bit about like what i wanted and we talked about being sexy and out of scene and we talked about uh having her be muscly right so like derby girls there's there's of course a lot of stereotypes but i i can see the smiles forming over there but I like in general, they are all, all very strong. They're they skate for hours at a time, which is a hell of a workout. Yep. Uh they beat the shit out of each other. All this stuff. They're all very strong. So we we tried to capture that with Robotica. Um, and so far, uh the feedback from Derby players has been really positive. And and that's that's really good for me. That's cool. Like, you know, no higher praise. It seems like it's making a comeback. Like it was huge for a while here in chicago and then it died out and then i if, like lately i've been seeing a lot more like advertisements for derby stuff going sure. on in the area and it's it's fun i mean it's a spectator yeah. sport in itself um it's cool because you know it, it's it's definitely a little more um i think progressive is kind of the wrong word but it's a little more open to different kinds of people right yep. so like gothics and weirdos <laughs> you know feel very at home doing this kind oh, of stuff. yeah that's that's my old crowd so yeah bald dudes with, with beards you yeah. know like it works out all the old goth girls that i there were, i knew a bunch of people that would come in to one of the bars i worked at that were on the local team uh i want to talk about the track and i really yeah. like about how you the way you look at like cut it out and you can see the little it, you could tell there's industrial mechanica influence there with 100%. all the little pieces that are in there because when you first when you just notice it it's oh it's all the girl with the arm but when you start looking at those track pieces there's some really cool details in there and it like i'm glad you did that instead of just you know made a flat base like with none of that extra stuff in there the track was a little bit uh contentious right so <laughs> um i of course used my sister-in-law as my my derby consultant right so i was like hey uh do these skates look right does this helmet look right you know all this stuff and um, they no longer use bank tracks like that. They use a flat track, obviously no grooves because your skates get stuck. But listen, this is a future kit. This a is future. cyberpunk, yes. right? So put a little bit of a bank on it, put some grooves in it, yeah. put some sci-fi shit in it. Has she seen Battle Angel where they're going around killing each other? Have you seen Battle Man, Angel? I have, and it's way different. And oh, yeah, so way different. people are like, hey, is, is this supposed to be a Battle Angel kit? No, no, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Uh, Major Tom. Oh man, so that's um Major Tom may be the reason why I got into kit production. So like of course Edgar was my first, right? But the first thing I really wanted to do was a space monkey. <laughs> like I don't know, I I think it is so funny anytime you give any animal a cigar and put them in any kind of human clothes, funny <laughs> as hell to me. So like an astronaut chimp smoking a cigar, funny as hell. I love that. Um so I had talked to a couple people about doing that. I eventually went with uh, Miguel Zupo, uh, who's another one you should have on. Miguel is an incredible sculptor. And I think he's like a little bit 
underknown in the community. Um, I think as far as like likenesses go, I I don't think there are many people better than Miguel. Okay. Uh, he is incredible at what he does. Um, so yeah, Miguel uh, actually just posted up a paint up of Major Tom last week. An incredible paint job. Um, so yeah, Major Tom. I'm going to try good. and go find that. I cannot say enough good things about Miguel. I can't wait uh, to work with him again. Uh, he recently put out a uh, a Batman, like a like a late '90s style Batman. Very very good. Cool. I'll check it out. I do yeah. want to talk about your Wooly Rhino. Okay. This is one of the coolest things I've seen in a very long time. Did you have oh. this at Wonderfest? I did. In the con- yeah. Okay. So I didn't get into the contest room really for more than like a 30. So I didn't see it. So when you posted this the other day, this is the first time I saw this piece. Holy crap. This is cool. So I want you to walk us through just like the modeling aspect of. Yeah. Yeah. Of, There's of, a lot of building this piece. So wh- what's the base piece? Why have I not seen people do their dino kits as museum replicas before? Like it's rare. Everyone tries to make them look like prehistoric times and all that instead like real instead of being this. And I bravo, sir. (laughs) I was also kind of surprised because, you know, there's only so much you can do with like a T-Rex or whatever. Like there's different paint schemes and everything. But at the end of the day, it's a T-Rex. And, you know, like many things and, and many topics tonight. This started with skeletons. So I, yeah. <laughs> uh, a couple of years ago, I had done a like 120th scale Allosaurus skeleton. It was a resin kit. And uh, I brought it to Wonderfest. It was maybe 2019 or maybe 21. I don't remember. Um, and I did it as if it were a model on a paleontologist desk. So I like had all these handwritten notes. But that was kind of my thought with the woolly rhino. Um, and I will say, like, full disclaimer, the photographers at Fine Scale Modeler are like artists, right? So I can, I, I will honestly say the pictures that they took look better than it does in real life. So shut up. <laughs> listen, I was fine with it, but the pictures they took are like yeah. incredible. So who um, that, if I can ask? That's uh, Shane Folks. Okay. Okay. Uh, so he is to my understanding, the premier dinosaur guy, right? Uh, Cretaceous Creations, you should also have him on. We've been really playing nice it in the works, I think. So. Um, I picked that up from him last year at Wonderfest, so 22. Um, I have never really done dinosaurs outside the skeleton. I try to make it to Crazy Joe's dinosaur morning show kind of thing he does every year, um, which is super inspiring. Um, He's a hell of a painter, right? Like the things he does with dinosaurs, just you know, yeah. Make just ask him. him. Just ask him; he'll tell you. No, I'm oh, yeah. <laughs> he'll tell you. Like he's open about it. But um, uh, I love. Anyways, it. it was like the last day of the show, and I saw this woolly rhino at the Cretaceous Creations uh, table, and I'd never really been into like animals, I guess, like animal kits. And I saw that, and his paint up on the table honestly makes mine look like a, a five year old did it. And I've I've reached out and told him this because his paint up is just, you know, mind blowing. And I swear, like ninety percent of this episode is just me like praising people who aren't me. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, let it never be said that I'm a dickhead because <laughs> all I'm doing is praising people for forty five minutes. Um, anyways, so I bought it from Shane. 
um, the base that it's on, that kind of rocky base um, that came with the kit, there's a little kind of like dead tree behind it kind of thing. And I liked it. Um, but, you know, the thing with dinosaurs and the dinosaur category at Wonderfest is very competitive. Um, and I think that's partly because Crazy Joe is normally a judge there. Um, so my Allosaurus, he had given a silver too. And normally, like, listen, I don't care that much about competitions. Uh, I'm certainly not trying to humble brag or anything. But when Crazy Joe gave me a silver, I was so fucking mad. <laughs> I was like, Joe, like, what? what is wrong with you, Joe? Like, <laughs> what, what would have made this a gold? And uh, he says to me, he goes, Dan, it, it, just didn't, it just didn't pop. It just didn't have that, that, that flair. And I was like, all right. All right, crazy Joe. Well, first of all, fuck you. <laughs> and second of all, like you want some flair? We're going full this year. So, um, yeah. So I did everything I could to make that thing stand out. So I, of course, you know, painted it, which is a problem in itself. That's that's a difficult paint job, but you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, for the wood floor, I uh, I tried a lot of different things. I tried printing out wood veneer. I tried, you know, buying wood veneer and cutting it into slabs and, you know, all the all the little tricks that the dollhouse makers use, right? And nothing really looked right. And what I eventually did was I took a big piece of just sheet styrene. It was actually a yard sale stein. I got it at Home Depot. So it was, you know, three feet long. And uh, I brought it to a laser cutter. And I luckily, I, I'm fortunate enough to have access to a laser cutter. And I made a kind of plank design, and I basically laser scored it into that. So at that point, it was just a piece of sheet styrene with rectangles cut, basically. And then, uh, you know, threw a bunch of oil paints on it until it looked like wood. Um, if you haven't done that before, you've never tried to, like, do wood, it's super easy. There's a million tutorials on YouTube. A couple drops of oil paint and a sponge. Perfect. The, uh, the stanchions and the ropes... Uh, were a little bit trickier. Uh, I ended up uh, scratch building the stanchions, um, but that didn't look too good because, you know, frankly, I'm not good at scratch building, right? Like, I, I do not have that skill set to, like, cut things precisely straight. Uh, so I went over to Blender, and I made me some stanchions in Blender, which is super easy because it's a cylinder on top of another <laughs> cylinder. Like, it's it's very simple. Printing those out, that was no problem. Uh, the the sign that you'll see there, that actually was a scratch built, um, which is why it's so janky and a little bit lopsided. But, uh, you know, went into Photoshop, I made uh, this display sign like you would see at a museum, right? Yeah. And cut it out and I put it in there, put a little piece of plexiglass on there so it had a nice glass cover. Uh, the ropes were made out of some, like, thick thread that I got at Michael's. So, you know. I love it. I, I really do. Well, thank you. I, you know, it, it's gotten a lot of attention. Um, I have often said that there's like no greater like praise than getting featured in fine scale. Like golds are great, of course. Silvers are great. Bronze are great. Merit, all that is good stuff. But when fine scale is walking around and they see twelve hundred models or whatever, and they're like, "Yeah, we want to take a picture of that one," I, I about cry every time I talk to them. <laughs> I wish they did well, that when I was entering. They didn't have fine skills. Well, you, you still just can. Cause, just because yeah. we like to talk shit about Crazy Joe. Uh, I, I noticed uh, I went to the winner saying, uh, you only got a silver on this too. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I actually I mentioned run, before, a, run that rhino horn up his ass and ask why. Or exactly. Why? So Crazy Joe is a member of my local uh, IPMS club. And uh, I had met him at Wonderfest. And then I saw him like a month later. And I was like, wait a minute. Like this, this crazy man looks familiar. <laughs> um, so I, I, I confronted him. And I, I sat him down and said, listen, Crazy Joe. <laughs> what, what do I got to do? Like how I got to get a goal? And he was like, you know, Dan, I didn't judge it this year. I was like, okay, cool. You're off the hook. So <laughs> listen, um, listen crazy. Nah, <laughs> in all seriousness, um, care, pal. obviously super grateful for silver. Uh, it's a really, really competitive category. Um, I yeah, looked I, around I, this year. I don't think I saw any golds in dinosaurs this year, maybe one or two, um, but they're hard to come by. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's great. Congratulations on a, a, Thanks, just a, a stellar piece. Um, Appreciate it. Let's let's hit up all your info before we gotta go. Yeah, um, yeah. How people get a hold of you? Best way? Yeah. So uh, the best way is probably through Instagram or uh, Sci-Fi Models and stuff. Uh, you know, Dan Garden on Facebook. I'm in all the resin groups. I'm pretty easy to find. Um, I'm on YouTube. Uh, I myself am approaching a thousand uh, subscribers. So excellent. Uh, did you guys make it yet? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. I think I'm at like 903 or something. I think we're at 960. But I also haven't submitted for months. So that, you know, no, that my might wife's friend is something here today to do and I made her subscribe. So we might be at 960. Okay. okay. Nice. Right. Nice. Thank you. Um, so yeah, Facebook, I'm everywhere. Instagram, YouTube. Uh, I need to get a website going. So, you know, that'll probably happen at some point. All right. Let's get some Edgars sold, everybody. <laughs> Thanks, Edgar's guys. Hey, I'm trying to retire here. Yeah, so you're gotta sell switch. those Edgars. Uh, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna sweeten this deal a little bit. Oh God. Okay. So if you sell out of 16, yeah, I will automatically buy the 16th person a model club T-shirt and ship it to them. Okay. Right. If you sell 10, we will put those 10 names into a drawing, and I will buy that person. Okay. So if you sell 16, 16 automatically gets it. But if you only sell 10 or between 10 and 16, we're going to have a lottery drawing and they'll get a t-shirt. So one way or another, let's, let's sell some of these things for you. Get some. Great. Out Thanks, there. Guys. Cool. So, well, thank you, sir, for joining us. It's been great. I'll be back yeah, anytime. Uh, when you get when expected date on the Jim Henson ish uh i don't know yet <laughs> so <laughs> that's the um, best answer you could possibly give too yeah you know that's one of those things where i wish i had a better better idea so uh in a perfect world i i want bradley to mold and cast it because again he is greatest of all time uh he's a busy guy he's hard yeah. to get a hold of uh so bradley if you're listening like you know <laughs> here is the motivation you need <laughs> i got some work set aside for you i'm just waiting for you bud cool but yeah, no, thanks for having me. This was super fun. Next time I'll get my good camera working. Next time I won't be so sweaty. Like, it'll be Same good. Same with us. Oh, it looked, it looked great. It was fine. <laughs> so, thanks, um... And we're back. Scott, what'd you think? Dan's a great guy. Really nice dude. Dan is a great guy. Very, very good in the microphone. Yeah, much better than you. That's for sure. Well, I can only do so much. You know, this camera only can handle so much beauty in it focuses out oh boy and i want everyone to know okay before jason wants to blame my camera and all kinds of bullshit that he usually does 
he was trying out a different software that he talked about, I think, in the last episode. Okay. And my camera didn't go out of focus one. No, I know. Like, that's. We don't, so we don't know if this thing. is a Zoom thing or if it's a software thing, but it's not my fault. Yeah, basically, it's not. Basically, what I want to get to is it's not my fault. <laughs> Never's your fault. So, but no, Dan, thanks for coming on. Please, Edgar Kits, links down below. $80 free shipping for a one third scale bust. Let's help them out. Let's get those things sold. And Scott said he'd even buy some t shirts in there too. So, maybe you want a shirt. Yep. We'll get there. All right, we have a grail mail. Eric is looking for Moses zombies. So if you have a Moses zombie sitting in a box somewhere, not a zombie of Moses, but any zombie that Moses had sculpted at some point. Moses is a zombie. <laughs> get a hold of Eric 10 over on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, I'll put a link down to his profile. If you have a Moses zombie that you don't want anymore, hit him up. He might want it, might need it. I have one sitting back there that I was going to show, but I couldn't dig it out of the pile in time. It's just the head, giant head that he did. I love it. I'm never giving it up. You have to pry that out of my hands, Eric, when I'm dead, which might be soon. So we'll see. In which case, get a hold of me, Eric, because I'm sure I'll be Yeah, he'll one. be the one, you know, going through my shit. Parting this stuff out for $20 a kid. <laughs> so grail mail. All right, hit up, Eric. Moses zombies. You want to know what sucks? What sucks? Okay. Let's play a game. Quick game. Oh, oh, here we go. Yeah. All right. If I drop dead tomorrow and you can come over here and pick two kits, what are they? Joanne says, here, you take two kits. I don't care what they are. What that are Godzilla. That, 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 the 64 Godzilla. The 64 Kyo. Godzilla. I don't know what the second one would be. All right. I, I know what the second one would be. The Rick Cantu fish. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Okay. So, all right. When this valve gives way, like next week, because he's drank too much whiskey or whatever, and I got to go over there, I don't think you have anything I want. <laughs> yes, I do. I'll bet I do. What? I'll I don't know. I'm just saying. I, I'm going to put it in my will. I'll bet you you don't own anything that I either don't own or that I would want. There's no way that's true. All right, I'm going to have to do an inventory like you did. Use the uh, the link to the spreadsheet. We'll see. There you go. Yeah. All right. Maybe. We'll see what you own and I want. All right, emails, voicemails, and corrections. We have no corrections because we got everything correct the first oh, time around. We're, we're about to have a big correction. And uh, we have one email. We have no voicemails. Dang it. I was hoping for the no ghost of Tucky. No. no one fessed up to the Tucky impression. I have a guess, though. I have a guess. Should I, should I say the guess? No. Yeah. I want him to call back as the ghost of Tucky. Please, every episode. Please. Great. Maybe we'll have to pull out a Ouija board and do like a, a seance. Okay, you do that at your house. There's certain <laughs> things I don't play with. I have one upstairs. I'll get it. Of course you do. It was from mine when I was a kid. My grandma I wonder why your valve's leaking. <laughs> That's because Satan is in your heart. No, he's not. You need to no. get right with the Lord, I'm telling you. Right I now. am right with the Lord. I'm always right with the Lord. You're not even close. I'm a stretch, but you're not even close. <laughs> All, right. All right. 
Our first email, our only email. We only got one email. So I must have done everything perfect last time. Really? To only get one email. And this is from Peter Fortunato. Uh, greetings, gents. Hey, guys. Great recent episode to compliment your expanding series of shows. It's about time someone, Jason, spoke his mind about this hobby of ours. I agree with you completely, but did you ponder why? I think the first tip-off was when Chiller cut the model contest from spring and fall to only fall. Based on interest and attendance, it was inevitable. The Chiller model dealer room was also thinned out substantially as a result. Chiller is no longer considered concerned with... I'm going to redo that sentence. Chiller is no longer concerned with models. Reason, I think, the same old subject, lack of interest. So I want to stop right there and correct. Scotty Mills is trying to bring that back, trying to make the Chiller contest what it was at one point. So there's that at least. Wonderfest and probably the upcoming Jersey Fest, I think, will also have reduced interest and attendance. I saw the Wonderfest model contest entries, lots of old kits. So the attendance at Wonderfest wasn't a problem. I don't know how Jersey Fest is going to go. The Wonderfest attendance was actually pretty bad. Well, I was going to, that's what I was going to comment on too is you were there. I wasn't there this year. By all accounts, Saturday morning was jam packed. Yes. For the first, and now it's always more crowded at the beginning. You know, Saturday morning is always more crowded. But I heard you couldn't even get through the room. Again, I wasn't there. I don't know. So you were there. Obviously, but, you were behind a table, but. And then, yeah, I didn't. I, it's weird. You only see kind of directly in front of you at some point. But I will say this. If you took the Starship guys out of there, I wonder how crowded it would be. If you took all of the Starship modeler sci-fi guys out. How crowded it would it like? What's the breakdown versus GK guys versus Starship sci-fi guys? Well, let me ask you a question though on that, you know, because it's always been said that the sci-fi guys kind of came in and took over Wonderfest. Okay, and I, I'll go to if you go to the contest, I'll say that man, they've certainly made their mark in the contest. Okay, but when you walk that room, and I've walked that room for twenty-six years. Okay. There's Starship Modeler. There's Cult TV Man. Are the big two that sell hardware models. Okay. Do you really look at it as a half hardware kit show as far as dealers go? Not as far. I'm not saying no. there's not any. No. I'm not saying there's not any. But I, what I'm saying is it's compared to what's in the contest and what's in the dealer room. Well, the, the contest is also deceiving in mm. that one person can enter 10 things. True, but it's still an entry. It's still a kid. Still, right. But if you took, that's, I'd like to see the contest breakdown, not by number of entries, but number of entrants, like the person entering, how many mm -hmm. people there are entering garage kit models versus how many people are entering starship models and see what that breakdown is. I don't know if they could do that. I'd like to see that number. Maybe uh, George could figure that out for us. Um, but you're right. In terms of dealers, but that goes to what I said last time. I, it's a lot of old stuff. It's not the, the people selling new kits. There's not as many as there were. So I, I don't know. But there's a part of that that excites me because I might see an old kit that I had wanted. Or right. And that's where I think the garage kid hobby is going 
based on last episode is a lot of old kits are going to be your garage kits from here forward of the trading and selling of old things because of their nostalgia value. There's going to be a lot of that coupled with some of the other things I talked about Uh, a lot of old kits, but why can we continue to blame overseas recasts sideshow COVID restrictions and companies like Janus exo facto and resin from the crypt going out of business for the decline in interest of the hobby. Of course not. My opinion, this is Peter's, is the resin product figure line is not changing and probably hasn't since the early 90s. I don't think the stagnancy can be fixed by 3D printing alone. It's just a tool. The horror figure modeling subject for the most part is still following the Aurora Monster product plan of the early 60s. Enough with the Frankensteins and Draculas. It's been done to death. The product line has got to change and has got to draw them in and get more creative people back into modeling. Do that and interest will grow. Scott and Jason, I'd like to see an episode on 3D modeling and printing. I know nothing. I know nothing of this, and I'm sure I'm not alone. Terry, Dave, how about an article or two on 3D printing and files? Thanks for listening, and many, many thanks to Model Club TV and AFM, Peter Fortunato. So great email, Peter. I agree with a lot of what you said, and well, I agree with a lot of what he said as well. Um, it, it is stagnant. I'm going to say this. <laughs> We just did an hour on this email and then trashed it and we're redoing it to kind of soften what I've said, which goes against every fiber of my being, but we'll leave it there and try and move forward. Um, he's right. You have to pull people in. Hey everybody. It's Jason from the future. Uh, w- what ensued after this point in time was, Scott and I had a discussion for well over, I think, an hour and a half. And we tried to redo it a couple times because it, it, didn't, it didn't feel right. The discussion that ensued, Scott and I disagreed on a lot of things. And I think we had gotten to a point where I really liked what we had talked about. And it, it wasn't, we normally don't edit this way, but we just didn't, both didn't feel good about what was said and wanted to redo that. And then after we recorded, Scott sent me the uh, pictures of Phil and it reminded me of why we do this show and which was to be positive and to highlight the great things that are going on in the hobby in general, whether that be garage kits and 3D printing and and everything in between. So I'm going to executive producer decision, change that, take that all out, because in the in the end of things, garage kits are amazing. I don't want to have anyone feel like I'm shitting on them or or thinking that it's gone. I, I honestly, I, the discussion is, I really think it's changing and there will always be garage kits. There's always going to be guys that produce garage kits. I think it's going to be unrecognizable in a few years. And I think everyone kind of has their own vision of what that's going to be. But here at Model Club TV, what I want to make sure that we do going forward is always celebrate everything and make sure that we're doing it in a positive light. And I think some, some of it got a little too negative and between Scott and I, not us fighting, but just the discussion and in light of some of the other things that have happened, I don't want to push that on anybody. So keep making your garage kits, keep making your 3d prints. I think there's a way to bring this all together and make it amazing. And I'm going to leave it at that. Maybe I'll save that footage for one day. And do a behind the scenes lost thing. But I really just don't think it fit. And 
now that I'm sitting here editing, it it makes even less sense. So we saved you guys. It would have been an a th- almost four hour episode. So back to the regular show. There you go. I want it to go. I guess what I'm saying is this: I want it to go as long as it can. And so do I. Okay. There you go. And there's so much more I want to say, but I'm not. All right. Anyway, we're at the end of the episode. Uh, please, if you would like the Model Club TV kit from Well, our little tribute piece, the link will be down below to print it for yourself. Uh, if you want to purchase a, a print from me, I will have that information up probably next episode with prices, everything. But all the Google link will be there to download it for yourself. And you'll probably see it up on a couple of different places uh, for free. Oh, I said, what a great opportunity to have a print of me. And then after the last five minutes, if you want to take the other one and blow it apart with a BB gun of Jason, what a great. <laughs> you guys have no idea what we've been through. <laughs> but um, we're going to leave it at that. I No, we'll, we'll leave it at that. But, um, you know, I mean, I, I'll speak for me. I love the hobby. The hobby's changed in See? the 20 years. Because that makes me sound like I don't love the hobby. Who okay, started all right. the? All right. All right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, really? All right. all right. So I'll say that um, get the kit, watch the podcast. We love garage kits. And hey, man, keep going. Everybody, traditional and 3D, everybody keep going. And we'll leave it at that. We'll see you next episode, everybody. Say goodbye, Scott. Oh, goodbye. I hate you.